Straight Riffin is filmed in front of a live internet audience. I am riffing. Mitch is riffing. What more can I say? Straight Riffin. Do you know how fucking desperate I am for some comfort in my life? I need that pillow. This show is intended for mature audiences only. I've seen a lot of this. I don't know how much more disgusting this experience could get. Are you really not having a good time? I'm having a fantastic time. I just can't believe how disgusting you are. I kept yelling, I'm, I'm not going to whip the dick out. We talked about that. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Featuring your host, Mitch Marzoni. I don't walk around going like, hey, I'm really weird. Look at me, I'm weird. As far as I'm concerned, I'm perfectly normal. It's uh, it's a litmus test for people. And Teddy Tuxin. I'm a hate mercenary. Yeah. All right. All right. Hate mercenary. Hate, hate, hate for hire. Hate for hire. I should put a bit of sky. There are two victimless crimes, all right? One, jerking off when your window's open. Two, <laughs> necrophilia. I'm confessing to a large-scale crime. Okay. All right. right Legs akimbo engaged in sexual discourse. Come on, man. What kind of guest are you? It's Archive for posterity. Great internet. So, uh, it'll, uh, it'll come back to haunt you every day. It's time to rip. That is right, bitches and motherfuckers. It is uh, June 11th, 2012, episode 64. I know that for sure, because last time was definitely 63. I'm your host, Reverend Mitch. Foolproof life. Welcome to Straight Riffin. Uh, with me, as always, is the hater for hire, the difficult brown, Mr. Teddy TMI Tutson. How the fuck are you, sir? Mitch, I'm hanging in there, still staying alive, living in the free world, mm-hmm. only in America. Superbalistic, survivalistic, yes. complex. Mm. Atavistic. Yes. Simplistic. Bamboozelocity. Oh, uh, shit. If Horn swoggletastic. Yeah. All right. So, run, tell that. It's a travesty mockery. And our guest this evening, all the way from New York City, one Joe Matarines. How are you, sir? <laughs> he didn't see it coming. Uh, he did not yeah. see the amphitheater. I coming. did not see you hit reverb. That was no unbelievable. No one ever uh, sees it coming. It's sick. It sneaks up. <laughs> it's, it's all surprise. <laughs> I actually don't live in New York City. Just, okay. But I live in New thir- York. 30 minutes from New York City. Okay. I used to live in New York City, but then the kids came and the wife, well, the wife came, then the kids, and then, sure, the, sure. And then the burbs, and then the, sh- the shitty neighbor. So that's, that's how it works. I feel like that's, that's Life in the burbs, though. Is, yes. that, is that okay? Because uh, you can sneak off to New York City whenever you need to? It, at times. <laughs> at times I go, oh, shit. Like last yesterday, I, I visited a friend of mine who lives in Santa Monica, this comic Jake Johansson. You know Jake Johansson? It's a pretty known uh, comic in the 80s and 90s. He was huge. All right. One, it, for but some reason, guys, the name sound familiar. But you guys are young. Mine, right? I'm old as shit <laughs> compared right. to you guys. You guys are like in your 20s, right? Sure. Like, no? <laughs> 30s? Yeah. Are you 30s? He's in his 20s. Right. I'm in my 30s. Okay. Well, Jake Johansson's done 41 Letterman's. 41. Man. And okay. he's had an HBO one hour. He was really big. Yeah, I don't think I've ever watched a full episode a of Letterman. Letterman appearances. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's how. That's what I'm saying. It's old right, school. Right. When people would yeah. watch The Tonight Show right. or watch The let, And then you're... The club would be crowded on the weekend because you were on Letterman. It was like a unit of measurement for your career. Yeah. Yeah. Now it actually hurts and your career. I was gonna say you you recently did Letterman, right? Like I did that, it. Uh, it's been a while, but 2007. Tr- trying it, to do a new. Did one. it change anything back Nothing. then? Nothing. 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 One extra show that they'd mention when they were introducing you. Yeah, you've seen him on. Yeah, and you're like, come on. <laughs> If you want to find a clip of me dressed up doing stand-up, that, yeah. that's what it does. And it, it gives you a, a few Twitter followers, and it makes your mom and dad think 
you're doing well. It's but like you're you, doing it's, no better. It's like, yeah, it's I one can of those see that. trump cards. Anytime that anyone tries to tut tut at you about your life decision, you're like, I got a Letterman credit, so just back the fuck off. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm okay. I got yeah. this. Yeah. yeah. I got I, YouTube right there. You fucking Google search for me. My shit comes up. It says Letterman. I'm legitimate. My life is good. That is true. If I if I Google you, uh, the video first video that shows up is Letterman. And I hate. And my the second too. one is I don't like it. The second video you know? that comes up is uh, the heckler. Video. Yeah, a bunch of heckler. The crowd decides to take on Joe Matarese. Yeah. And it's like was that? Did you put that up or did somebody else? I put that up. Okay. 1.5 million. Yeah. People love heckler video. Yeah. yeah, I have a whole album that I put out back then of just arguments with hecklers called "When a Comedian Attacks." It's available wow. available on iTunes. Is it it's just all arguments, just different different ones. Yeah, I edited it together and I give a little narration of each <clears> one. Like this is whatever September eighth. These people, um, this is what happens when people like you too much. Like that's one of them's actually called cocksucker <laughs> cunt. That's what it's called. That's uh, the track. That sounds like a real rugged piece of work. That one. Sounds like I a like current, it. A concept album. Sounds, they don't do that anymore yeah. so much these days. Sounds like a DMX mixtape song. That's what it does. Yeah, you bitch. You bitch. Cocksucker cunt. You're not funny. That's good. Get off the stage. <laughs> I would like, I love We're it. the joke. It's such a great concept, though. It's like a battle log of diary of just being like, uh, July 15th, 97. <laughs> <laughs> 43 people suddenly turn on me in a yeah. vengeful, furious I, I, I wish I was knew I was doing the album back then because the narrations would have been legendary if I could have done them like right in the car right after it happened, like with all the anger yeah. in my voice. Oh, yeah, that yeah. That would be like if you – like that would just be the greatest thing if you just then took it and just went back and got the chance to do it again. But you knew it now and you're like, I'm fucking soaking in every detail. I'm observing every nuance of every heckler. So I just I have this great, yeah. great dialogue. Like, oh, my God, this person was obsessed with being heckled. Like, well, you don't well, understand. Well, then I started taking antidepressants about six months ago. And I have I never have hecklers. If they heckle me, I don't care. I don't get mad. It's, it's just like, come on, man. It. Just enjoy the show. It's huh? weird. <laughs> All right. Back to my jokes. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, what's happening with Joey? He's not. He's he's smiling so for you, 45 straight minutes. Did you go oh, wow. into shows and just expect, like, I'm expecting hecklers? Like, is that? Dude, I used to get afraid of a gig that had a lot of shows in a week because I was like, I can't do eight shows without losing my shit somewhere and I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to get fired. Or I would literally get nervous if there was more than three <clears throat> or four shows in a week because I couldn't do eight in a row, like, without fucking losing my shit now now that, by losing your the, shit that's where the dmx cut factor comes did, in did he do that yeah i mean dmx eventually he's like yeah i can't i can't keep making all these songs eventually i'm gonna drive a fucking suv to the airport pretend to be fbi agent which is a real thing <laughs> and that's he, what so he got out of music yeah i mean he's on he's on a uh dating show on bet right oh, that's now. a great idea uh with his wife they're trying to work oh he's on vh1 he's on like one of those like couples therapy he's still a bachelor and he like showed up to the he showed up to the house with and like just had booze with him and of course they're like dmx or like mr x you can't can't have this like, yeah, it's fucking ridiculous like, <laughs> i love what i got crack in the car they need that i mean uh, but so i mean i don't think it's i think it's fair to say he's not he's not a music status right now i have no idea what I, he's I, well i mean i don't really keep up on his career but i can't say that i've heard i've heard only you know sort of tabloid news about him you don't hear like oh did you hear that new dmx track but uh, you think it was because of his fans like he retracted oh, no, that is crazy he's no. crazy no I, i'm just saying though i just i definitely think that like it was one of those things like dmx couldn't handle a certain amount of things in a row because he eventually it was just like i'm 
Got to set some pit bulls that I, you know, right. already, like something bad was going to happen eventually, Jim. Well, it was, kind of it was also confusing for me because the comedians, which when you start doing, you guys are stand-ups or yeah, you're yeah, both. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, to a stand-up, something huge to them is that other stand-ups think they're cool and that they're funny. Sure. Like sure. you want the audience to laugh. But you almost like it more when the comedians in the back are cracking up when sure. you're talking. Yeah, you sure. know, you're missing the crowd, and they're like, "This guy's fucking a genius," whatever they yeah. think. Well, comics would love it when I would snap. That's what they would call. Of course, it. like yeah. Gino Jim Florentine. You know who he is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jim Florentine would like in the love back, his voice. Yeah, I can do his voice. But he, he in the back when I would start to snap, he would just love it. And he'd be like, "Get him, Joe." Fucking beautiful. <laughs> Fucking tell him how it is. Get him. He would just yell that, and then it would egg me on. And then, like I said, I would either get fired. They'd be having to escort me out of the place in a separate exit, so I didn't go by the guy that wanted to beat the shit out of me oh, in, the, in, in the lobby. Now, did you ever actually get in any fights, or were they just, or were you just basically, I don't want to get pummeled by people? I never got in a fight. And there, a lot of the guys you hear do get. Someone, you know, in the well, audience you goes said, up and punches you, them. When you talked about, like, you were worried you'd just snap, I meant I, I was kind of curious to the extent of, of right. the snapping. Uh, a lot of times it was women. I have a joke in my act that I really is kind of... Uh, you think better of now, but you loved it back then? No, it's, it originated <laughs> from a situation where a girl wanted to, you know, yell at me after my set and tell me that she thought I was out of line and my material was inappropriate and she flicked cigarette ashes right in my face, uh, right? You, oh, no, no, madam, yes. no. I was fighting words. Yeah, so I do a joke about how I think guys should be able to, I go, I don't think women should be hit, but I think a guy should be able to hit one bitch a year. <laughs> I go, and you know, I go, you know, not a, not a girl. I go, I'm saying a bitch, and then I'll explain to them. I go, see, a white guy saying a bitch might be different than a black guy. Like, a, a, here's this. The story, I go, this woman flicks the ashes in my face. That's what I'm talking about. Right, right. That's the bitch. I go, I should. That would have been I, your allotment for the year. Yeah, I go, one guy, you know, everyone's looking at me like, dude, why'd you hit her? And I'm like, whoa, 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 it was my one. And I go, right. you, get, you got a little sticker in your wallet like Jiffy right, Lube right. that shows the last time you hit right. a bitch. You realize that <laughs> women would just be really bitchy. Well, be, they, would, they would be especially bitchy January and February because they're like, you don't want to let it go this early in the year. <laughs> I mean, it would, yeah. <laughs> It would, but yeah. like right around December, fucking off the handle. It would be it would be end of year, beginning of year peak. It would just yeah. be boom bust. The middle of the year yeah. be real flat. There's got to be there, right around December though. You got to be sitting there going like, all right, I don't want to. If you fuck with the wrong guy, yeah. maybe he's saved up, you know. And I don't think there's rollover bitch hitting. I don't know if there is. Yeah. Can you if you <laughs> don't go because like I haven't. Really I have, I have 33 years. Yeah. I, uh, I have 33 tickets uh, completely yeah. unused. Ooh, if you had rollover, <laughs> you couldn't have rollover. rollover bitches. That would that would. <laughs> You'd have to have a cap because I mean, then you'd have you'd, to, you'd, yeah. motherfuckers start rampaging. Yeah. You can't, like, yeah. it's okay. Just start throwing all your permits and stuff, hitting people. Old guys would just be running through people's houses. There'd be, there'd be like 60 year old men taking out like a lifetime of women treating them like shit, just breaking it out. Come here! And yeah. using their rollover bitch you, hitters. When would you use. <laughs> You can throw that in there. I think that's funny. You, what would you, I would like. I would never use. I would use mine in the fall. I feel like that's when I would, like it would come out because you would be that's, like you in the summertime, right? You would be very tempted. It'd be hot, you know, the dog days of August and what have <clears> you. But you'd be like, I know. As soon as I use it, you got some more shit up your sleeve. So I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna hold on to like October, like middle October, and yeah, then by that yeah. point, Halloween's gonna come, and all bets are off. It was a stabathon between both of us.
I, I have a question that. for you guys. Have either of you had a woman press you to that point where it's like, what the fuck? Like, I, I, I yeah, think yeah. if you were if you were allowed to hit one, that they probably wouldn't be doing that as often. Uh, I certainly, yeah, I, I would. What I you- would say that probably women uh, these days. I, I would bet that the, your average woman these days is a little bit more tenacious than your average woman of, say, the 50s. I don't know, man. You know some, what I mean? Right. As far as in an argument, I would think. I don't I don't know. There's some real feisty women, man. I'm not saying there isn't. I'm just... Real feisty well, yeah. If you talk to, if you talk to uh, you know, your grandma or something like that, maybe not in your case, uh, but but in... <laughs> Did you have to make it so... Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I mean... Cause... But if you talk to your grandma, you know what I mean, she's 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 got nagging down to a science, you know what I mean. Stop that! Don't it's touch not that! The Put nagging, that away! You know what I mean. She'll have yeah, that. I think it's but less the... of the nagging, but it's more of that like razor sharp emotional destruction because there's so many right, years right. of craft where you you could like come at them with your whole arsenal and they just look at you and just say like, "That's why your whole life is a failure." And then you're just like, "Oh, like it shouldn't hurt that much." Right, it's just right. one sentence, but they get you as as Lucy Case says, right. they'll they'll uh, shit in your soul. <laughs> fair right. exactly <laughs> a guy could rip off your arm and throw it in the river but he'll leave you as a person intact but, but you don't remember a specific incident that you oh yeah absolutely, you, absolutely you, you don't yeah, want to say yeah. it uh no I, I do your fans know you have spikes in your in your eyebrows <laughs> so i mean yeah. i don't think girls fuck with a guy that has spikes in his eyebrows you'd think but they do know, oh they will yeah well that's the thing is it sort of it, it attracts a specific kind of chick which is why i wear them it's it's, it's a radar for that specific what kind of girl it's a crazy, uh, crazy bitches usually. Do you like those? Yeah, I was, yeah, I was real curious to see what you were gonna say after crazy because I was like, like, I'm trying to like if he doesn't end that sentence with bitches. That's that's elaboration. Like the kind of girls, the kind of girls who like to get you know tied up, spanked, uh, things like that. Like slapping in the bedroom, things like that. Leg uh, slapping? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. They, you know, not legs. No one says "ow" that goes out with you. I uh, know some of them do, uh, but I think they, they very different to some degree, I think that they're, uh, they're surprised if there's, if we just fuck and they're like, they're waiting. Yeah. They're like, What's he didn't, this is he going to like He's hit me on my way anal? out? What's going on? So uh, you almost get anal just by like, what kind of girl yeah, likes yeah. that? I mean, I, mean, I should put, yeah. I should have done that when I was yeah, your yeah, age, wow. man. That's, that was just, uh, that was uh, an early thing. It just so happens you hang out around a certain type of people. And you find that when you're, uh, I mean, I, I've been here since I was like a teenager, since mm-hmm. like 16 or something like that. So, um, yeah, just, I, I think it just happened by, by incident, but I, in my say 18, 19, 20, when it was like, Oh, work at circle K for a little while or whatever, work at the mall. And they'd be like, you can't wear your piercings. It was obnoxious to go to like the food court or something, you know, on my break and run into like, you know, the hot topic employees. And I'd be like, you don't know, but I'm just like you. Like, you can't you tell. Did you like, turn the golem from Lord of the Rings a little bit too? <laughs> what do your parents say when you when you do it? Uh, my mom never cared. Uh, my dad cool. is my dad's got a very like uh, he's got this like you could be a. a Movie star, you could be bigger. You got than you, rugged, good looks, kid. You're like intentionally holding said. yourself back. <laughs> yeah, you know? I'm imagining. And I'm like, I wear suits all the time, Dad. I, I had a mohawk up until like a year ago. So 
Where'd you grow, like, oh, where'd you grow up? No, uh, I'm, I'm interviewing Phoenix. you now. I, yeah, like, this I'm sorry. is great. This is this is very anthropological. It's all right. Nobody ever asked me anything. So no one ever asked you anything. Time. How do you not time. ask someone that has spikes in their eyebrows? Well, about because the spikes. Uh, have you ever had? Uh, how is that? How piercings? is that weird in 2012? I had a lot of piercings when I was younger, but everyone just did ears. Like guys yeah, did the ears. I had like four yeah. in one ear and three in the other. And I look back now and go, I wish I didn't do that because there you got holes in your ears forever. Right, you got it. I got the big assholes. But if you if you hit like I'm 44 now and I got like I can smell shit coming out of my ears sometimes and right. I have to press right. on it and it's because I got piercings when I was younger. That's like crazy. it stinks. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna stink. But you know, there, you, there's but there's uh, there's ways to fix that. There's ways to clean clear that up. There's ways to get it stitched up. You could just get stitches and shit would close up on its own. But you never you stitch your eyes up. No, I'm I'm saying that if you wanted oh, to the close ear. the holes, you can close those little holes with a yeah. stitch. Yeah, why not? I never heard you of that. You can close one. any hole in your body with a stitch. <laughs> Keep in mind, you're talking to a dude who built his mic stands out of IKEA furniture, so he can. Hey, listen, you can do anything you want to. Okay, <laughs> True. listen, a little super glue <laughs> and a little dedication. Duct tape and so, a magic marker. You'll be got okay. yourself covered. So, where did you grow up? Uh, mostly Phoenix. Okay. Just a shithole kind of place, which is which is probably you know part of the uh, piercings and stuff. There's just nothing to do there. It's almost like illegal to have fun. You know what I mean? Just pot and piercings. Yeah, yeah. Everybody was. It was like drugs, sex, and and trying to start meth. a shitty was band. It meth? Or was it pot? meth was like later. Meth. I mean, there were some people. My my stepsister was into meth. Um, so, I was but on but meth I think that was cool. I think my my like you know my anti drug for meth was my stepsister destroying like all the life around me. In the house I lived, so it was like I hated her to death. Still do, uh, and uh, and so it was like she still I don't want to. Uh, I have no idea. I was I'm hoping she's dead somewhere, but <laughs> I mean, fingers crossed. I can only do so much praying. Uh, uh, it's so, a strange optimism when you said that. Oh God, but she deserves it. You know, it's it's one of those things where uh, where. Where you you hope for a god and karma just to watch certain people get just brutalized the for the things that they did, you know, and uh, and then I realized like <laughs> no, there's none of that. There's no there's no like universal. Uh, she's just a terrible person. But uh, that was my anti drug for meth. Is I was like I don't want to ever turn into as bad of a person as she is, and I can blame it all on the meth because she was always on meth. Now there's more to it than the meth, but I'm just saying that was that was why I stayed away from that. But yeah, it was a lot of. Uh, everybody fucked everybody. Everybody just did whatever drugs were around, and they would be that. That's the kind of town where people would do shit like bath salts. Not that we had them back then, but you know what I mean. When you hear about that crazy, that's what? the face eating and all this. You haven't heard about the bath salts? I know about the face eating. Yeah, I didn't know the it, bath salts. Were bath involved. salts is like a. It's like a street term for this. It's illegal. It's perfectly legal. You can buy yeah, it. I'm not head really shops. sure what. Bath it's salts. some kind of. It's like I guess it's like meth. It's not for but bath. But you smoke I, it. I know, I know that. Not yeah. for high I think you smoke it. I don't. I haven't Very looked it deceptive. up. But it's like meth and it's legal. And I, I'm of the mind. It's like, and it makes you go fucking crazy. And it's just bath salts. If it I really were, if I were like, I don't even know what it no, is. No, no, it's not like literal. It's, they just call they them call that. Call them that. What I are think they? they've got some of the same <laughs> ingredients as what goes into bath salts. Okay. I think. 
Look, I'm not. That's you know what. All I'm saying is, I wish right now that I was like famous enough to do one of those "The More You Know" commercials because I would do an anti-drug commercial for bath salts and go, "Listen, kids, <laughs> there's a lot of good drugs out there that you could be doing right. that have been tested throughout the years. You could ask, you could find out what what the limit is for you on bath salts have not been tested. Here's my stay the fuck away, or you might eat somebody's face. Do do do. Yeah. The more uh, you know, kids. I would I would rank bad songs have that song. up there with Angel Dust in terms of very deceptively named drugs. Right, like, right. Oh, what do you got there? Oh, Angel Dust. Like, oh, I'll take that, and then you freak the fuck out, you know? And or ecstasy, the grope everybody drug. Yeah. This is not really an ecstatic feeling for me, you know. I'm ecstatic. I'm gonna go grope motherfuckers and get groped. <laughs> I'm not. You done? Uh, you? What's your What's Thank your you. drug history? Did I just get done interviewing? Um, <laughs> My drug I'm trying history. Trying to turn this back around. Yeah, like, do you it ever? I'm, fueling interview. I'm expecting. Oh, we got Inception interviews. So we I'm got ex- interviews inside interviews. Oh, I got I'm the ex- Inception sound. Hold on. <laughs> what do you got? Sorry, it was a little bit loud, but that's the actual Inception. Oh, so nice. there. Now I got that. Whenever you I'm do. expecting that every Sorry. like <clears throat> every like 20 minutes on the hour, you go just rip it. <laughs> Or straight riffing. <laughs> I said just riffing. Straight riffing. We'll it, it, early on, uh, in the middle of the show, uh, Teddy would sometimes talk, like yell at the ceiling, riffing. He would just go, riffing! I, did, I would like actually it was, do that. Yeah, he hasn't it, done it, it in it, a it while. Stopped. I don't know why it stopped. It might it was, be because of the new, yeah, the new studio. We're closer together. Before we were like a living room away from and each it, other. And uh, I really, I tapped uh, into that real good time 70s <laughs> sitcom kind of vibe where all of a sudden, riffing! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I've been watching Good Times recently, and love Good Times. They they just do not make sitcoms on TV One. Yeah, actually, on TV One. Love. Did you know about this TV One? No. Okay. Okay. I don't know how black he was. It's a black network. Yeah, other black. I know, right? Five hundred channels. Two of them are black. They just run Good Times over and over again. (laughs) Uh, Good Times. Good Times. TV. Roots. Uh, uh, No, no, only on Sundays. Uh, The rest. Barbershop. Yeah. Now Roots isn't really that's that's not really a comedy show. No, would they have Showtime at the Apollo? I wish they would run some Showtime at the Apollo. Damn, that was good television. All right, back to to me. Drug history. Your your drug history. Where are you from originally? Uh, I grew up in South Jersey. Ah, Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Wow, very rich suburb with all Jewish people and like four Italians. I was one of the four. All right, all right. Uh. Parents don't get high, don't drink. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. I did some. I guess I I smoked pot a lot when I was younger. Do you you don't do it anymore? No, I had like an incident. Well, I have an anxiety problem. That's why I take the uh, Celexa medication that I've been on for six months. I said that early on, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, the antidepressant. I right? take an antidepressant. Oh, it's yeah, mostly yeah, yeah. for anxiety. I have anxiety, and when I would smoke pot, it would be great. And then I had this incident where. I guess I got stronger pot, or maybe it was my first anxiety attack, but I started freaking the fuck out and running down the street trying to get the I used to, I tell the whole story in my Comedy Central half hour about how I yeah. tried to run off the high. Wow. I got nervous about it. I was like, ah, I, gotta, I fucking ran out of my house, started sprinting around the neighborhood. Then I, I would imagine that would actually work pretty well. No, no it no, made it worse. Yeah, I've been there where you are so high, you're like, I've got to get away from it? this. Yeah, I've got to, I've got to get out somehow. Yeah. But like, I've never, I've never just started running. I've never been there. But I, I just have, think of buzzkill in general. I've well, the weird, that okay. mental the, place. Though. Well, the weird right. part about anxiety is usually when you get an anxiety attack, it's usually the opposite. Like I got to get home. I need to be in my safe place. I need to be. I can't be walking down the street right now. But yeah. for some reason, 
that was the first anxiety attack I ever had. I started running. My mom takes me to the pediatrician, which is a true story. And I How old were tell, you? I was, I was about 14. All right. Okay. So Smoked pot a lot in 10th grade. I had a friend that had parents that got high. And was, he would take their pot all the was time. Was this in the middle of the day or was it at night? Yeah, it was in just, the middle of the so day, like, man. Were they like just like with people in the neighborhood hanging out, watering yeah, the lawns and, and stuff? and I come sprinting down the street. That's <laughs> 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 just hauling ass. Oh, look, there it's, goes the Mallory's you know, boy. What it's, <laughs> He's probably high on the pot again. Look at him go. <laughs> That's like uh, my Jewish neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, my neighborhood. Boy, very these Italian kids all the time with the smoking, David. Is that number two? It's number three. Uh, (laughs) That's like Martin. Was it Martin Lawrence who went who went crazy and went running down the highway? I think when he like had an anxiety panic attack and oh, he did. And like it was a it was a while back. Thinking of Richard Pryor and that's what they 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 make fun of it on the the. First episode of uh, a Thirty Rock when uh, Tracy Morgan is running around in his underwear and he's screaming, "I am a Jedi!" And I, I think it's based on the Martin Lawrence incident where he's like was on the highway and just stripped naked or like stripped down to his underwear, just was freaking out, just running around one day because he had a reaction to some medication. Tony, two thousand twelve, <laughs> smoked hash too. Yeah, that was big back then. You ever had that black hash? Uh, I think I may have had it. Uh, or like you, in Phoenix, we just had drug parties, and you just got to smoke or take whatever went around. So. I never took anything. I guess because, like again, I'm acid, older than you. Uh, shrooms, never. nothing. Well, I think acid might have been in that pot that I freaked was gonna, me it out. It sounded like that because it was. Laced. I don't That'd know. Be really difficult to do. I don't think it was lace no, pot. You can lay. I mean, it's very easy to lace pot. Well, but but you're I mean, talking I mean, I again. You're talking about micron. Just rip it. <laughs> I'm going to put just, I'm okay. putting yes, just by all means. Um, we do have a board if you're looking for gimmicks. I love it. I have, I have a dry erase board on my podcast. Too, but that, yours is way bigger than mine. Well, well it used to be. It used to be fictional. Uh, I would just I would I would just say put it on the board. Yeah, like, yeah. like old timey broadcast. I don't I don't know black really? slang, so I took a lot of things Teddy said literally and say put it on the board, and I'd be like, uh, well, I mean, the board's in the kitchen. I put my groceries on it, so I was like, I need to get Teddy a board that he can put things on. So. Uh, there came the board and uh, realized it was not a literal thing. So anyway, like uh, we don't know the title. <laughs> no, it's there. Just rip it. just in case. We're gonna keep track every time I say it, you're gonna put a little check. Yeah, mark. Should, it's it's like a highlight of uh, it's a highlight of things that are said throughout the show. We'll write them on the board, and then afterwards you take a picture holding the board. I love that. Also, that's how it usually goes. Listeners should know Mitch is getting high and. And you're no, no, he's beer. getting high. Oh, I'm wait. just smoking a cigarette. Oh, that's a well, cigarette, electronic cigarette. But yeah, oh, that's what that is. Yeah, I was thinking it looked like vapor. If I if I were getting high, I, still don't I wouldn't really be able to like. I I have a really hard time like keeping on uh, any sort of like either my sentences will ramble on right. for ten minutes or I can't even form one. Well, I was it's thinking you were doing a, a great job for a high guy because I've been on the that's, radio with high guys good. and they think they're funnier, but right, you can never right. connect with them. They're in this like floating yeah. entity above sure. the podcast. Yeah, yeah, this thing. This is what we. I do. I have <laughs> a riffing pipe. I do have a separate podcast. Just riffing with the pipe. <laughs> X two. You can put that in there or put awesome. a tally mark. I don't know what you got to do. Yeah, I haven't smoked pot since I was about fifteen or sixteen. So wow. you, so like after after that you were just got afraid like, of it, I'm man. Done. I tried it a couple more times. I started to feel that anxiety thing, and I thought that I was like I was allergic to pot. I didn't drink for ten years. I was, I was so afraid yeah. of any high feeling. Do you drink now? Yeah. Okay. Now I like to drink, especially because well, it makes my anxiety go away on airplanes. I don't like to fly, so 
Oh, drinking on airplanes is the best. Bottles. It's the greatest. With that, with that low atmosphere you get, you get the uh, where you, your your body's way more susceptible to alcohol. Is that what it is? Yeah, it does awesome. really feel like it's a very different sensation. It's like the atmospheric pressure and a couple other things. The same thing. Like if you go drinking in Colorado, your tolerance will be greatly diminished because right. of the altitude. So the altitude in the sky, also the atmospheric pressure. Yeah, you get drunk way quicker. Yeah. So that's, that, that, that's why they give Boom, you the small drinks and the little itty bitty liquor bottles, and they like keep track of how many you're gonna have and all this stuff yeah. because it's like you're also sitting down. I gotta wait for an hour to get the first drink, which is annoying. Like I try to hit the button and get a drink right away. When we as soon as we get over ten thousand feet, we can use electronic devices. I'm like, come on, <laughs> beep 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 beep. I need it. Can I get a the, whatever I'm ordering? And she goes, just this last flight two days ago. She goes, you gotta wait till the cart comes down to get to order. I'm like, what the fuck, man? You gotta, how do you, you gotta do this? Get, you gotta get your Bevmo mini bottle game on before. No, you... they'll take that one. You go through the. You as a damn god, the terrorist. I, I the thought of this. I thought of this in advance yeah, once. Do it, and uh, oh, and, and you get, win. you got it. What well, I mean, there could. I'm you sure there's. Win. You could win now if they do those uh, the backscatter. It's three ounces because right? the backscatter thing doesn't catch anything on the side of you. The here. backscatter. Yeah, you know they do the backscatter. You know, you walk through the thing and it shows you. Shows you, yeah, shows your your bones. It's, it's and stuff. like it won't both? catch anything on the side of you. So theoretically, <laughs> if you were to make a pouch that that like a clear pouch that you wore like as a shirt, and you filled that with alcohol like all the way around, it would be a uniform liquid. They'd never catch it. It's too much. Unless they lift it up your shirt. It's alcoholism. It makes me, that makes me anxious is thinking that I'm sneaking something. I could get caught and get in trouble. No, but then you get a little straw, right? And then, and then when you get on the plane, you just fuck tip the straw and then the shirt. I rock Oh, really? That's how you do it. Can I do that? Sometimes they forget to give you the bill. I've had that a few times. Oh? Yeah, they'll just go, what do you want? And they bring it and then they forget to come back. That is amazing. Yeah. I have never experienced that. Twice. I've had that happen in the past year. You know well, what? You fly a lot more. There is, so. there is something though about just drinking and flying uh, in general. I don't really know if it's necessarily the same on trains. I've not really experienced that. <laughs> Ferries as well. Drinking on train. I live in where I live in New York. I take the train in and out of Manhattan a lot when I go during the day. Yeah, it's like a forty-five minute train ride. All right. That's one. It's the Metro North. And it goes into the, like some of the trains go into Penn Station in New York, right, which right. is kind of shitty. But, Penn Station is not close. No, yet. but I go into Grand Central Station. You feel like you're just a rich dude doing very well. It's like super nice and old. Yeah, is the and train beautiful. is the train like nice, like inside? It's not They're, like a metro. It's not like a subway, rather. No, it's, it's like, like a little nicer. Now they just made these new ones that you get sometimes, and they have little guys at the top when you get on that sell beer, and uh, you can get mixed drinks and stuff, and they're not expensive, like a beer. Is like two dollars and fifty cents. Jesus, that's cheaper than drinking yes. anywhere in New York. It's unbelievable. Uh, the only place that you'll find something uh, around the same price is a Staten Island Ferry. Which... Can you drink? Do they have alcohol there? Staten Island Ferry is a fantastic drinking place. <laughs> is it really? Uh, it's got cheap beer. Uh, it's got great snacks. Uh, good company. Uh, <laughs> good company. <laughs> Are uh, you from Staten Island? I'm not from Staten Island, but I I have what am I hanging out with me me and the Statue of Liberty? Yeah. <laughs> One of my one of my good friends. This buds for you, uh, Lady Liberty. Out, uh, I have a lot of friends in New York. One of them lives in Staten Island, and I was doing uh, an internship with the Daily Show, so I was living with him in Staten Island and making that trek every day uh, for part of the run. A friend of mine used to be the warm up for that show. 
Uh, who was uh, Pete Dominic? Yeah, yeah, he was there when I was there. Yeah, he's he's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's a good Pete, friend. Of mine. He's I just talked guy. to him twenty minutes he's, before he's we started. Watching him warm up a crowd that was that's a weird thing to because you always know like, you always hear about. Can I do it again. Just riffing. Every time the subject changes, you should yell just riffing because it just changed a little bit. We just morphed out of that into a new one because that's what we're doing, right? Yeah, we're just riffing. Just riffing. Uh, Straight I, riffing. Why do I keep saying just? You know what it I is? Just it's changed good. the no, name of your everyone's podcast. Got, I used to just yell out oh, riffing. I, th- I didn't know you were trying to. I thought you were just using that as like a catchphrase. Yeah. I didn't know that you didn't realize. See, you outed yourself. I'm dumb. Okay. <laughs> I'm not. You're very. You guys are both intelligent. You have. You no. know. You read. You guys read a lot. This huh? is. A, this is. You're getting onto a subject that that just riffing. We switched uh, again. We can't. No. We can't do this as a thing. We're just. It's gonna just I, boil I, down I, to us. It's just for this episode. The, so the it's second okay. hour is going to be nothing but us shouting just riffing over each other. <laughs> we, we did for a change. We did get started on time. So actually, I know the minutes now. So <laughs> we've been we've been starting late too often. Um. You do a podcast. Uh, I haven't listened to it. Teddy apparently did. Uh, he's been better at researching than me, so I apologize. But Thank I, you, I read up on it. I do the I do the work. You can read about it. Well, I mean, I I, <laughs> I read up on it. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't read, even have its own Wikipedia. I read I read your summary, <laughs> and I read like various things. Is you know you look at news uh, headlines and whatnot interviews and they all they Blurbs. all kind of reference that you're sort of this you're in this work in progress fix yourself thing yeah. and then noticing uh in in your comedy you talk about that you married a psychologist i can't help but wonder if that's related and you uh you you're you're pretty vehement that she's twice as smart as you because of her sat score and things like that so you have a you're in this uh transitional period in your life where you're like i'm fixing myself and i'm dumb well the podcast is fixing joe right i kind of left the dumb behind okay good because i started until this no not until this like i realized from going to therapy and you know i went to therapy for like seven years and the therapist saw my letterman and he was like upset with me like he he's a comedian's therapist he sees a lot of comedians he like knows our business he knows agents. He knows who the shitty manager is. I feel like that kind of has to. I feel like that of all the professions to get specialized therapists, comedy, comedy, you would ha- it would be very fair to put yeah. that on the list. Yeah. So these comedians would be in the waiting room, <clears throat> coming in after you. Would be like weird. You're leaving. Lisa Lampanelli's coming in. You know, Jim Florentine's coming in. Robert Kelly's coming in. All these guys would be out there, and it would just be funny to see who's going to be next when you're leaving. But he saw my letterman, and we was he was just upset with me because he's like, you know, we've been working for a few years now, and I really think you're past that. You're not dumb. Those are old jokes. He's like, you got to get past that. And I was like, I thought about it because sometimes, like, some comedians will give you bad advice, which, like, I have a friend of mine who always goes, just kill, man. It's all about killing. You uh, just got to kill. And I was yeah. like, but uh, I got new stuff, and I don't really believe that old stuff. And you got... It kills though, right? I'm like, just dude. Single guy, always out for chicks, that guy? No, he's like married oh, and, okay. you know, but he's always saying you got to kill. And I'm just always like, sometimes there is an art to it. And a craft. You, a craft, and you get sick of it. And if you've moved on, and, and then I started realizing through therapy, I was like, yeah, I'm not dumb. I just didn't do well in school, but that's not, that wasn't, doesn't mean I'm dumb. Because yeah, I yeah. have, you know, by the traditional standards, yes, you know, I am not. I I don't. But it's again, mm-hmm. it's it's old. It's like if you know how to take uh, the SAT, it doesn't mean that you're like super intelligent. It means that maybe you just have a certain aptitude for that test, yeah. the way it's designed. Because I think sure. we all know a really smart, dumb person. 
You, right. Sometimes you meet those people. Like, this is the dumbest smart person I've ever talked to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, people who, and then you put them in one arena, and you just you, they they look completely over their heads, and then you put them in a different arena, and then you just they they blossom into some sort of genius. Right. It's a it's a weird. It's like what is it? Is, it, is that kind of like the Peter Principle? I feel like in work where they oh. where you get <laughs> you, moved you rise up. to the highest level of incompetence. Yeah, it, I feel like it's a little bit kind of no, no. That's uh, no, that that's a different thing. That's that's more just like corporate. Uh, mm. Uh, philosophy but what i started focusing on more that i found more interesting is a guy who's trying to better himself and has all these psychological things that he's working on and that he happens to be married to a psychologist so like that's what i really started experimenting on more is but, she proud of you i, I don't know probably but i did, now that <laughs> i have the medi- yourself, but now okay. i have the medication thing going on i can't even find problems to talk about on my podcast sometimes so is it because it's you get a lot of you get you get advice and you seek out a lot of advice and stuff from from fans, kind of. Right? I'm kind of like Forrest Gump on the bench, how like he's just telling <laughs> stories throughout the movie. Yeah, that's like me. I like I am not afraid to tell anybody the deepest shit. Like a friend of mine, this comic Paul Verzi, who does my podcast sometimes. He's he's he goes, if I ever roast you, I'm going to say Joe Matarese would give up his wife's social security number on stage if he got a laugh. Like, <laughs> I'll just say anything, and then my my wife will get pissed sometimes. She'd be like. I, I don't want you talking about that. So, like, every podcast started to start with her having a conversation with me. What are you going to talk about this week? So I know. And she just groaned the whole time going, don't talk about that. Yeah, she would literally talk. Then she'd come on ones where I overstepped the boundaries, and I'd bring her on, and I'd let her do an interview. First, I'd let you hear what I'd said, and then I'd bring her on because I said my wife said I told that last story I wrong. The, there's, I think it's the the Jim Gaffigan interview, uh, the Jim Gaffigan episode. Yeah, I brought one, my wife on. You you tell you tell the story that has something about yeah. when she's pregnant, and like bef- like right before you get into the story, you go, okay, listen, like I apparently totally messed up this story. I tell them the wrong. Yeah, sometimes. but so I'm gonna bring on. You're gonna hear me tell yeah. it wrong, and then you'll hear her tell the right version. Yeah, my I was going into the doctor with my wife who was pregnant at the time you know to get an ultrasound and the woman needed to put some information in the computer about me and she goes what do you do for a living and i go uh i'm a comedian and i paused and i went slash actor and my (laughs) wife just started laughing and the woman the woman had this wasn't la so the woman didn't know what the what she's like are you you kidding are you a comedian you're an actor are you messing with me and my wife goes, he's messing with you about the actor thing because he, he is a comedian. And then I went on the podcast and said how it pissed me off that she said that because I had an audition that day for the lead in a sitcom. And and I was like, well, the one day you're going to shit on me for being an actor is the day I have an audition to play Kirstie Alley's husband. Thanks a lot. <laughs> the day that my dream is about to blossom. Yeah. Damn it, woman. And she goes, you didn't tell the story right. I made fun of you in the room because you paused before you said slash actor. So oh. it was funny that you paused. And then I brought her on and let her tell the whole story. And I think it made for a good podcast. I should probably do that more. It's an interesting, it's an interesting uh, dynamic because you hear in the beginning you kind of having a conversation, and then it actually gets into the into the interview. And then in the middle of that one, I I, I remember being like, I was like, what is happening right now? Like, where is this interjection coming from? And then I was like, okay, all right. And then you hear it, 
And then it's kind of it's kind of fascinating to listen to you tell a story with the knowledge now of like everything is wrong. <laughs> you know, like of like you walked into this other moment of your life very confident in this memory, and now it's just nothing is real, nada at all. <laughs> well, that's a, that's the thing when you hear a story about uh, a third party that's not in the room, and it sounds insane. Yeah. And they're like, and he was screaming naked, running down. He was, you know, yeah. lighting cars on fire. And you're just like, why would anybody do that? I don't know. There was an ant on his back or something. And you're like, what the fuck? And you just know, like, I have to get the other side of the story someday. But you probably never will. So it is. It's always fascinating to hear the other side kind of immediately. Uh, well, you look like you're about to go. To, I was about to ask him a, a follow-up question because uh, I know you're also friends with Bill Burr. And I've listened to his podcast. And one of my favorite things in the world is when he answers um, when he does his like advice stuff at the end, and he'll bring his girlfriend on. I haven't heard those. Oh, God. he used to never bring anybody on. But you, 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 you did hilarious. the first few episodes with Bill Burr of yours, didn't you? Bill Burr's on my first one ever. Yeah, your first. That's episode. it, my first one ever. But because I got my first one is when I got fired from the club for for de- slamming hecklers two nights in a row, and I brought Bill on because you know, he had that incident in Philly that's yeah, like yeah. infamous. In the comedy world. With the Opie and Anthony. Yeah. Right? So I brought him on because I was almost thinking to try to make a career out of this because I'm getting all these hits on YouTube. I'm like, maybe I should just be arguing with people because being funny doesn't seem to be getting me famous. Maybe I'll just fucking yell at people. That'll be my <laughs> hook. And he was just like, no, you don't want that. You don't want people showing up to heckle you at every Nothing show. Nothing is going to yeah. end well for you there. Yeah, he was. Uh, I've heard him reference the Philly thing, and he's like, "It's funny because anywhere else but Philly, people think that you know, oh, it's this epic thing." And it goes, "He's like in Philly, it's like that's just another day. Like they don't even remember it because <laughs> apparently that I'm not a sports guy. You know this? Oh uh, man, they are ruthless. But I'm given to understand that it's just like the worst fans Those ever. Like they just start Santa riot. Claus, yo. Yeah. Cherry Hill's like ten minutes from they Philly, booed. so I'm a Philly uh, fan. So they, yeah, yeah, yeah. They we're crazy. They cheered right. when uh, Michael Irvin broke his neck, uh, and he was on the stretcher. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. They. Uh, they it's, it's, it's Madhouse, son. It's beyond the Thunderdome, you understand? <laughs> he just got blacker for a second. He does that. He does that. <laughs> you're, on the black, you're on the black side. Uh, everybody on this side knows something about being black. So uh, just This goes back to when we had the couch, yeah. and they were on the big black couch. It's now in the living room, and I was oh. in a little table, so he'd say, everybody on the couch knows something about being black. Now we don't have a couch, so we have to be like everybody on that I side. I personally, again, oh. believe the only reason he moved is to create a new seating situation and yeah. further divide us. <laughs> yep. I was like, I'm going to go pay more rent and set up a whole studio just to be even keel. It's called redlining. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's actually redlining. I was going to say, like, I don't. Term. It's a good term. Uh, it's a real go term. with it. Uh, <laughs> no. Just riff it. No, okay. <laughs> What else you want to riff about? I was going to say, though, about the, the third party. You, your wife is on, on the podcast a lot, uh, and it's kind of interesting. I, like, is that, so was that kind of just a decision that you, as you were doing more episodes? I wouldn't say a lot, but well, I, a lot, I wish but. she was on more. She I guess maybe the ones that I listened to, I guess the episodes that I listened to, she, oh, really? she must have. Which ones did you listen to? Uh, so I listened to, I was like, Gap again. Uh, Artie was, Lang, she wasn't on. Uh, she wasn't on the, that? I listened to the Artie Lang one, which is a, that's a, that's a good conversation. Uh, uh-huh. I was gonna, I was gonna ask That I want to hear because of all the stuff uh, he's gone through. Yeah, I just talked to him on the phone today. Maybe, I'm not sure. Help me write some yeah. of the jokes for Chelsea. He yes. had one that was so off color. Be Did fun. you use it? I want to hear a black man's perspective on it because it was kind of like racial. Uh, oh, that's, that's good. Let's let's get you up then. Uh, do you want to just 
Guy just riffing. And yeah, guy, yeah, but it's hot. That's we're just riffing. That's well, you now have to tell the joke, and then he can go back into okay. his thing. So then you can go back in. But basically, Prove the, your black the, the news the news story was about how the um, the selling of rope is going way up in New York because of this uh, Fifty Shades of Grey book that's all about S and M. Oh, yeah, yeah. right. Okay. There's like a huge book now, and yeah. like rope selling like crazy. You mean now. the Twilight fanfic? <laughs> That's what it is, by the way. It's it's what it started as, but the, really? the the publisher tried to sue him, and so he or she changed all the names to be not Twilight. Really? And sold it as Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, my God. True story. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. It started as like a live journal fanfic. Like, hey, you guys, wouldn't it be funny if they like, got all these ass now? Sorry, go ahead. That shit's like, it's the dumbest shit on the planet, and it's the easiest fucking thing in the world to write. I proved that in high school when somebody showed me Greg Luganus. Remember Greg Luganus? Yeah. Uh, somebody showed me like a chapter in his book where he just got kind of filthy about gay sex for about a chapter or two. And this chick was like, I can't believe how explicit he gets. I was like, that ain't shit. I could, I could outright that. Like, and so it was, became this challenge and I, and I, every day would write like a page. I got up to like 20 pages of like, just. You wrote a Greg fil- Luganus sex? No, novel? no, not Greg Luganus. Just a gay sex fantasy it was like 20 pages long. And, uh, it ended up getting like circulated. I don't know where it went after I, I it's one of those things that just got circulated. And I was like, does anybody have those papers? Because now I'm going to want them later in life just to look at, to be like, what? It was everybody kind of, they were all kind of freaking out over like, wow, this is you were just, rather explicit. They were just made up gay stories? Yeah, it was just like. <laughs> you're not even gay? Yeah, no, no. It's, it was, I was just like. say you're the I first was, gay guy I ever met with spikes through his eyebrows. Nope, nope. Well, uh, uh, not even gay. Just I, I, it literally, it was just, it was just to prove a point that writing, Anyone. writing filthy erotica is the easiest fucking thing. Right. Uh, that yes. and children's stories are the two easiest goddamn things in the maybe world. Maybe you're just very talented at writing. Yeah, maybe you're just amazing. Anybody, anybody can sit down and fucking. Greg I can't. It, is it, your you know what it is? You just have to get past the, the, like, the, the initial, like, all right, I'm writing about sex, which is boring as hell. Uh, once you get past that, it's uh, literally anybody could do now, it. Anyway, now, now I have to do my Greg Luganus joke and oh, then do okay. that one because I yes. I had a joke about I Greg Luganus that no I could never do. Well, okay. What were you going to say? Can't believe what? I, I can't believe that there's there's in this day and age somebody would even recognize his name and say I have a joke about that. <laughs> That's perfect. Oh, go ahead. That's well, good. It's not that I like new, it. It's not that new of a joke, but it was basically about um I think I I don't know why I saw it on the internet but cuz I never saw the movie they they did a Greg Luganis movie on like Wii or something okay never and, saw uh, it <laughs> on and uh, Mario uh, Lopez played Greg Luganis No fucking way yes and I said AC Slater I said what was worse getting the news that you were HIV positive or that Slater was playing you in your <laughs> lifetime movie <laughs> That was that the is joke great. Good stuff. That is, oh, that I is... looked up to Greg Luganus as a kid. I, I did my first outward at a at a diving competition because of him. Really? Yeah, you I was like an outward. I could. I don't know if I still could. I did he's back then. He's full of surprises over here. He can, write, the... he can write gay <laughs> erotica. Yeah, I can write gay slash inwards. I could do an outward. Uh, you should yeah. have wrote a gay erotica. About story a about a guy doing an art outward getting his dick sucked on the way to the water. Yeah, no, I did. A, I there was there was a part in the book I I, I or in the pamphlet, if you will. No, you said book first. We're gonna right, go, let's with, go book. with that. You don't hey, get the book. It's twenty pages. I feel like that's overextending it. But all right, it was whatever. a mission statement. There was one. Was there a was graphic novel. There was one that I thought of. Like at the time, I thought of like <laughs> they. It's something like. <laughs> Just got that. They uh, drag the mailman in and decide yeah. to get him in on the act. So they take the mailman and they tie him like four points to the ceiling fan so that he's like hanging from it. And then they can just sit on him and spin around and ride him. And I thought like, hey, that's kind of funny. And uh, 
you wouldn't believe uh surprisingly three male friends and zero female friends three different male friends were like i think it would break if you did that and i was like well it's a metal it's a metal ceiling fan and they're like you didn't write that i was like well you're supposed to imagine that like a metal ceiling i was like i was just going with it anyway now to your chelsea lately joke oh okay god i forgot about it so the chelsea it was the yeah it was the story it was the story about <laughs> <laughs> that's from the movie inception yeah okay I didn't the see inception the noise that's the 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 it's the inception. What's the they call it? Bump the the kick. The kick. The that's kick. The, we digress. When they do the kick, that's the. It's not really that's the he, kick. Doesn't, he doesn't know. That's he doesn't great. know. He, cool. <laughs> Go ahead. I love that. All right. Sorry. So uh, the news story was how oh, the, the rope the rope sales are going up in New York City. So I'm talking to Artie Lang on the phone, and I said I got a few jokes. I'm kind of st- you know stuck on. What do you got? And he goes, "How about?" He goes, uh, "Yeah, the, the the change in price of rope hasn't." Uh, changed. Oh shit! I'm fucking his joke up. Has it? I didn't end up doing it because it was just too bad. But I haven't seen a change in the price of rope since uh, s- since the free- the slaves were freed. Okay. Like he was trying to go with a lynching joke, right? Uh, right. And then I told Brad Wallach, who's the producer and one of the comedians, was on the round table tonight. The joke, and he goes, "No, no, no! You should say since the '60s in Mississippi. Like you could get away with it if you said it like that. That yeah. that actually might work better. Work. Yeah, that'll but, work. But we didn't chance it. Yeah, the, there's know, all 19 year old like girls maybe, in the maybe because yeah, I feel like that. Yeah. You, you, they're like, oh, I don't. What is is Mississippi actually on fire? Like, no, Mississippi burning. Right. It's a movie. <laughs> Like they would, they would not be able to get those kind of references. You don't think they would realize in the South in the sixties they, you know. I feel like there's a very sheltered historical perspective for a lot of people. I've come to realize in that regard. Some people. In 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 what way? I feel like a lot of people like like things like like uh, in the sense of like lynching being an everyday thing. Do you know what I mean? Like people are like that. Like that was real. I know? think you should be able to lynch one bitch a year. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You can write that on the board. Write <laughs> <laughs> that. Lynch a bitch. Uh, uh, I got my bitch lynch card. Well, uh, uh, what was that? That that book? Uh, out? Uh, no, not Outliers. Uh, Freakonomics. They mentioned in Freakonomics that a majority of the the clan's uh, fear mongering was based around how many people it was perceived were lynched every year. In uh, in actuality, it was it was orders of magnitude less not that it didn't happen just that it was people will say oh there was six thousand seven thousand it was more like a hundred or whatever i don't know the numbers but it's orders of magnitude smaller but just the fact that you heard the clan does lynching was enough to get people scared and then there was the one guy went on the radio and popped the can open on the whole thing so interesting yeah hey good book you gotta read it i have it if you want to borrow like 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 we already said that like where his head's at. Pushing, pushing for the lynching joke, though. That's good. Did you ever notice if you lend a book, it's just like you're saying, here, have this book? <laughs> Do you ever is... give books back? I just No gave one a... ever gives books back when I lend them. Just gave a book back. Hey, you, who? No, I'm just, if I, because I'm going to lend you that graphic novel. So oh. I, oh, I'm going to, damn. Oh, I'm going to want that back. I just, I did, I just I did gave lend a ruffle, like a book, a DVD, and something else. I don't remember what it was. And I, I need to go I, over I didn't, there. I did not, I did not get a chance to read the book. Which was very disappointing to give it back because then I was like, I I can't like don't please don't ask me anything about the book because I can't have a conversation with you. You know <laughs> I can't like I'm gonna be a total failure if you ask me about the book. I just which book? Uh damn I can't even remember the name of the. Did book. Did you ever finish How to Be Black? I have not finished How to okay. Be Black. How to Be Black's a book. <laughs> 
I bought it originally. Uh, it was supposed to come out like around the same week as Teddy's birthday, uh-huh. and it's by the uh, Baratunde Thurston. He's uh, he's like the Onions digital media guy, digital guy. Yeah, yeah I I don't know his official title, but yeah, he's like a comic writer, basically black guy. That's hilarious. And I thought, well, I'll get this for Teddy for his birthday as like a side gift. And uh, then it got pushed back like a month or something like that. So then I just had a book, and I was like, well, I. I do want to read it, but Teddy should read it first. So that's sort of lending you a book, but also I don't know that I'll ever get around to reading it. So we haven't tried. I don't need to know black. how. To, I don't know. I don't yeah, need to you know, know that. Uh, you know, every now and then I need a little bit of a refresher course. Sometimes <laughs> you lose your black. Uh, it's it's real fickle. I will say probably the funniest it's, it's, thing. It's kicking back in again. One of, <laughs> so you don't like when you lose your black? No, it's it's, it's it bothers you. It's like it's different kinds of black struggling at, uh, at the same time. It's like you know, like a Colin Powell, uh, Billy D. Williams face off inside that kind of thing is happening. <laughs> on Saint Patrick's Day, I do a Billy Day, D. Williams joke in my on, act on Saint Patrick's Day. No one gets it. not enough we Billy were, D. Williams. We were hanging out and we stopped by my apartment and I gave him the book and we were going back out to see a show at the uh, the Pig and Whistle. And uh, across the street there, and uh, um, oh shit, I gave out our GOIP. And so uh, we went over there, and he was holding onto the book, and we went to the back, and there was, and they did a cover of some song, some soul song or other, and there was like a quiet in the room after it ended, and Teddy stood up and slammed the book down on the table. And I feel like you said something as like an exclamation, but I thought just that in itself was hilarious, and I was drunk. And I was just laughing my tits off. And it was just the two of us in a very quiet room, laughing our asses off with a How to Be Black book on the table. It's a, so. it's a real, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting uh, book to have. Uh, my, my girlfriend has uh, like borrowed it to read it some as well. Uh, and she happens to be white. So she always feels very self-conscious to walk around with a book that says How to Be Black. And she is just like, I don't. Please, like, I don't, I, uh, yikes. Like, this is just a bad hey, situation. If she's happened. walking next to you holding that book, I need a photo. <laughs> is she your first white girlfriend? Uh, she's not. No. Uh, not my first time. Uh, crossing the old Mason Dixon line. I no. Guess. Does a juicy white pussy. Okay. Well, does a black person <laughs> get shit from his family like a white person does? Oh, uh, yeah. My, yeah, straight, hey, yeah. Gra- your grandma? No, yeah. My, like, my, like, real talk. Like, my, my, my mom's a straight up bigot. Um, so, like, yes. It is a very real thing that happens. The bigotry is very real. Uh, Same with my family a little bit. It's very, it's very much. Is your wife black? No. Okay. But I dated, you know, Puerto Rican girls and stuff like that. And Outside br- the tribe kind of thing. Brought them to the, you know, a wedding. And, you know, my mom said something like, she looks black. That's what she said. Wow. And then I, my last podcast, I talked about how it's my like mom, like my mom made a comment. And my mom was a little upset with me that I mentioned it on my podcast. My mom listens to my podcast. And it was See, about like nobody I know listens to anything I do. You're so lucky. Okay, yeah. My yeah. wife's friends came over, and after they left, my mom said to my wife, "Not that it matters, but were they Jewish?" <laughs> and I did a whole thing about it does matter because yeah. you fucking ass. So you, it you, matters you, you've, to you. You've introduced this. Why do you need now. what? What do you mean? Not that it matters. Yeah. And I would say I'd let you go on this, but <clears> I've <throat> dated girls that aren't. You know, Italian or whatever, and comments have been made. You know, I had a Jewish girlfriend where I caught a lot of shit from my grandmother. Yeah, I, I had uh, one of the things my mom once said to me uh, was, uh, "Your mother is black, your father is black." Sorry about that. 
And they, whoa, that's pretty bad. Yeah, that's pretty it's, bad. It was written in a letter, so it was like, like it was, it wasn't just like a spur of the moment kind of verbal thing, you know? Like mm-hmm. you sat down, you like took the time to write that shit out, and you fucking sent it, you know? You had plenty of time to take it back, so that's like that's the level uh-huh. that I've had, and that's been, you know, like, they literally think that if you have some mixed race baby, that it's just like. The, that it's like it's sad. a it's a it's a weird it's a weird thing and then you know like I yeah I, I it's it's like I yeah my mom's friend would be like oh you know just forget about the old black white thing and I was like how am I supposed to just forget about like unrepented bigotry Do you know like you can't, <laughs> you can't just overlook that do you know? how can I tell you that is wrong <laughs> well see that's what's good about your family listening to your podcast I started to use it I'm like now that I know that they're listening I start to talk to them. During the podcast, as if they're there. I go, listen, mom, (laughs) or listen, dad, or, you know, whatever. And it works because I find that if you don't call them on it, they're never going to fucking change at all. I I mean, I I did a podcast with my dad, and he wouldn't even listen to it. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I've interviewed my parents. Like, I I would do, I did a podcast uh, for almost a year where I would call him once a week, would call on Skype, and then I'd record it. He knew. I mean, it Mm -hmm. wasn't like a surprise. He knew it was a podcast, all that. He just never listened to a single one of the episodes. Uh, you know what I mean? So, but he's, he's old school Italian, you know what I mean? Oh, you're Italian? Yeah. Marzoni, last name Marzoni. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. So, uh, very Italian, uh, in that last name anyway. Does he ever say he's proud of you? I mean, you know, he has his moments, I suppose, but uh, in a roundabout sort of way, uh, he's got that like, listen, I'm your father. I'm proud of anything you do. But, but he doesn't like, actually but pick like a specific is, incident. But he's he's said things that make me, like, he's said other things where you go like, that's, like, he was talking about some, like, third cousin twice removed that's like a daughter of a daughter of some cousin or uncle of his or something like that. I don't even know who this girl is. She's 19 or something like that. And he's like... It's good to know, you know, there's like, there's going to be somebody in the family is really, you know, going for it and is going to make something. And I was just like, really? You're going to. Wow. I, I'm. Well, I'm we right see here. why you're a comedian. Oh, I mean, I that's, we, yeah. mo- most of us have that. Yeah. You got to be fucked up. But what I was going to say is he, he has this thing where he'll, you know, he'll ask any girlfriends or stuff like that. And, uh, every time in my life that I've been like, yeah, yeah, there's a girl. He'll always go, what is she? immediately uh, it's never been anything i always want to go she's black human, uh, human. i've always said I've, <laughs> she's I've, a person. I've said she's black about six times and i always have to go she's, she's a she's centaur not. she's never been black <laughs> yeah it'd be so, so awesome if you could just pull that card sometime and like she's a human alien hybrid surprise motherfuckers the game has changed Ooh, I gotta... <laughs> <laughs> oh it's a real doll but it's black oh, and it shit. talks and i programmed it mm, what is she that? It's, yeah. it's it, what is she is like it's he's very like i need to know her race yeah i dated a mexican girl once i said she, he's i said she's mexican and i was expecting him to get all racist and i mean he did but like did that positive thing where he's like that's not racist because it's a compliment where he goes oh that's great she'll take care of you they'll cook they clean they're awesome it's like it's still racist no, you're okay. just it's the tip of the cap. I didn't know Italians in Phoenix were just like Jersey Italians. That's good to know. He was born and raised in New Orleans. <laughs> he's still not New like Orleans. A, is but he's not. But he's so not. Now, now you've just given him yet another spot on the map with the Italians. New there. Orleans. I mean, that's that's it's like uh, that's where my people. That's is. got a big Italian section. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't, I didn't know. Yeah. That. It's my, a big. I mean, if it, it when I went to Mardi Gras as a kid, and and I met my entire Italian family, and they all live like in this. They like took over a part of the town. It was insane, and. uh yeah, I haven't been back since, but 
pretty fascinating, you know. It's not in the, you know, like the French square or whatever. So I saw like the neighborhood Mardi Gras, which is entirely different. And I didn't realize that the Mardi Gras I went to was not the Mardi Gras everybody talked about until I was about maybe 17. Because when people talked about Mardi Gras, I was like, yeah, I went there as a kid. And they were like, you went to Mardi Gras as a kid? I was like, yeah, it was a blast, you know, and hang out and <laughs> eat crawdads out of kegs, you know what I mean? And we were just like, and we saw the parade. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of titties and beads and stuff, but, you know, whatever. Just you know, drunk Susie from next door, not like, you know, the mass rapings they have in the French Quarter There's or whatever. There's match. I didn't know about that. You haven't seen, like, the... Mass rapings? Oh, God, it's terrible. Don't don't look that shit up on YouTube. Like, really? the, the shit when it's... When, when there's, like, Mardi Gras in French Quarter, it's so densely packed, and you the cops are on horses, where, like, the cops have to be on horses to see over the crowd, and there'll be, you know, girls are just, you know, showing their tits or whatever. A lot of them just hang out up on the balconies, but mm-hmm. if a girl's down below, uh, there's been millions of stories of girls just standing there and all of a sudden guys just rip all of her clothes off what yeah and the cops literally can't get to them because it's too because it's too damn densely packed and they're like i have a horse move out of the way like they never can't do anything i mean you they'll find them but i'm just saying you can't prevent i think it's 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 unfortunate i think it's like i heard in in tokyo or i'm not sure if it's just tokyo or in japan but how they have uh segregated uh train cars or like female only train cars because they're so packed in there yeah that there have been a lot of incidents of businessmen who just jerk off on women on the train car because they're just so packed in and they have no idea who is. So they just and I was just drinking. <laughs> There's a whole other thing that you could be doing. Yeah. So I mean, it's the whack off car. It's a oh, <laughs> it's a Japanese organ right there. That's that one's for you. <laughs> All right. You want me to get into some uh, crazy news? Uh, we can do some news, yeah. All right, I will. Uh, I will let you pick, Joe, of the uh, of these four stories. I have an ironic story about a man from West Virginia who is writing a book called "The Kindness of America" by Hitchhiking Across America. I have a PR nightmare for Microsoft, wherein a raunchy dance routine with lyrics uh, in Norway. They were they were announcing some Microsoft product, and uh, some people put on this. Uh, very raunchy dance routine. Uh, there's also the uh, a a woman cooked up a meth lab in her purse while waiting in the Walmart holding chamber after shoplifting, and a uh, a story about uh, the first manned mission to Mars where people uh, have to agree that they will not come back. So, of those four, which one do you want to get to first? Oh, you're, we're going to do all of them? Well, we may or may not. <laughs> no, no. we got another hour, so we may or may not get to all of them. Uh, we can riff. Uh, the first one I liked. Uh, the Hitchhiker. The Hitchhiker. I think I know. Okay, so this is... This uh, I, I can only bring this up uh, because the guy lived. Uh, but a man writing a book called The Kindness of America decided he was going to hitchhike across America. And then in West Virginia... A uh, man drove by and unloaded a gun like, on him. It was, uh, it was in Montana. He was. He's a West Virginia guy. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Northeastern Montana. Don't deny Montana its propers uh, and being the people that shot the man trying to prove the kindness of a man. <laughs> he, uh, it, just, it seems so strange. He was just standing there on the side of the road, hitchhiking. A guy pulls up and just shoots him and drives off. Uh, the guy's okay. He went to the hospital. Oh, he didn't but, die. Uh, no, no. Where did he but, shoot him in the like arm? Um, BB gun. It just says they shot him. 
Yeah, he drove up. And then he flag, I guess he flagged down a, a passerby, which I'm sure that will go in the book. Like, But while this guy was bad, the next person picked me up. And I was thinking, because Teddy has a uh, just a paranoia about life and people and animals, mostly animals. Um <laughs> Do you see the do you see the distrust that just flashed across Joe's face? Here? Shut up. So I'm thinking uh, it's a very logical sound theory. That's what I'll say. Right. So uh, you you ever hitchhike, Teddy? You get the fuck out of it. I would never. That, that's people never. used to do it, but yeah, no one does it like a thing. That was like a my thing. dad hitchhiked all the time. He has tons of stories about hitchhiking. It's just, weird. but it was more in Europe. Mm-hmm. They probably still do it in Europe. My dad. Yeah, let, well, you can you go know. backpacking, and you know it's much more friendly. I saw things like that. I, guess. Yeah, I saw yeah. hostile. Well, I mean, the thing about hitchhiking is so weird is that I. The, uh, Do you have any idea how many times in my life I've I've thought to myself I should just pick up that hitchhiker? I never have. You don't even see him anymore. I, I can't I remember still, seeing somebody why? with a thumb. Well, when was the last time so... you took an actual road trip? You're doing a lot of planes these days. No, I drive a lot. Do you? Really? Yeah. See, I you don't. I, you I would see. Not... I literally in Hollywood. I see a female hitchhiker probably twice a month. Really? Yeah. Well, Hollywood. I was just thinking that driving here because I hadn't been on Hollywood Boulevard in a while. Yeah. And there was a guy with a beard walking around with a bikini on. Yeah. And like I hadn't seen the like, dress code here. No, I awesome. live, I live in New York, and you see crazy shit. But L.A. it, it LA, goes up a few. It's levels. a different crazy. That's yeah. the one thing between L.A. and, and New York. I think They're out here it's like it. it's it's like. It's it's they're crazy for one, but if they crazy it up enough, they might get a TV show. I feel like, like they might, you know. I think the I think the L.A. crazy is you more... can get paid if you stand on Hollywood and Highland and you look crazy enough. You like, know, people York, just pay you to take photos with you. So, New York I mean, crazy, it's kind of it's kind of more of like a way it's of like life, a necessity. You know? like, yeah. yeah, listen, yeah. I'm like I'm crazy. This this is built in, but L.A. it's kind of more like I'm just letting my freak flag fly. Like I'm yeah. crazy. Right. But there's a bit of more of a. Well, if enough people see me, they'll write if somebody like me into a movie. I would love to see someone hitchhiking in New York City, like literally, like just saying, "Can you get me downtown?" L.A. Yeah, could, could you even pull off hitchhiking in in thirty New York? blocks, man? Would you, like, would anyone? No get one me to would the F stop. train. I feel That's like. true. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's. I haven't seen. I haven't seen a sign of like you know going to Tulsa or whatever. I haven't seen one of those signs in in a while. But I have seen like literally just chicks wave and put the thumb out and stuff like that or do the leg thing i have seen that really yeah and i've and i've been tempted That's and weird. i'm like no man I but at the not, same time like would not trust the well here's the, never pick up anybody. literally being friends with you keeps me from doing things like that because i know that you'll be the first phone call i make and there will be like three seconds of silence after i tell you what just happened where you'll give me that courtesy silence of like you know you fucked up <laughs> and i have to make fun of you if i'm giving you three seconds to back out of this have you ever uh, had a situation where you get that fear in your body, like there's something to worry about with this person? Yeah, yeah. And I usually will text Teddy and say, listen, here's where I am right now. So if I get, you know, fucked up, this is the last person I when's talk the to. Last, when's the last time you had phone that? Number. I, I've talked about, I told this story on the pod, my podcast once, but I remember in my early 20s, you know, meeting a girl at a bar, didn't know her. Next thing I know, we're at her apartment. Always starts at a bar. Yeah, and there was something weird at the apartment that just gave me a creepy feeling. It just felt scary. I don't know what it was. We it's, went to her room. Was she, she shut was all she the alone? lights. She lived alone. Okay. Shut all the lights off. She, like, took her clothes off in the dark, got in under the covers, <laughs> and something just told me, this fuck. ain't good. Get the fuck out of here. And I, and I just, <laughs> I've got to go. Naked girl. And I just said, you know what? I got to get out of here. Can I, I will, I'll call you. And she was like, what? 
you don't even have my number. Like I was like, <laughs> I was like leaving. I was like, give me it, give me it. I'll remember it. You know, one of those. I'll remember it. I'm Rain Man. Uh, right, right. This. You're like, I don't. So, so nothing happened. You just had a feeling. Yeah, I just got a feeling. Was it? Was it? Did you see something? Something. Did you see anything in the shit when she shut the lights? Did you like? Did you see anything in the apartment before the lights went off? No, was she saying anything? Because uh, I, I, no. I, I know that I've been in the situation. Isn't like, she, like she had a bunch of cats, like just a whole apartment <laughs> the, full of cats. I've dead told, ones? No, they were like it was weird, man. Like it was just, it was like a fucking bad Simpsons episode where like you just open it and it's like a crazy cat lady. But she had like maybe forty cats in her apartment, and she was, and she would be like, "This cat here, like it was, it was a." A kitten. And oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I remember that. And she's yeah. like, fun fact, cats are one of the few animals that can get double pregnant. And this is like a double pregnant kitten. And you were just, like, me and my buddy were there. We were like, this is not a good place to be. And she made margaritas for us. And he felt like his was drugged. And we, like, tried to get the, we like, got out. And she was giving us a ride. And then all of a sudden, the car stopped operating. So we ended up pulling into this Burger King parking lot, which we pulled into the parking spot very nicely for a car that couldn't function. <laughs> And then the tow truck driver came, and she's like, oh, you know, I couldn't start it or whatever. We called AAA. My buddy's in the back seat, like, kind of becoming delirious. For, and I didn't drink whatever was the drink. I kind of poured it out. And uh, and so the tow truck driver comes, and he's like, I got to move the car to get it on the bed. And so he, like, starts it up and then backs it out and then positions and drives it and positions it to put it on his bed. And I just remember turning to my friend. And just being like, tell me how I could drive the car if it didn't work. How could he drive the car if it didn't work? And just we just got in the tow truck and we all got a ride. And he dropped us off and we got the fuck out. And I was like, I, I mean, it would, but it was that same level of terror where you're just like, something fundamentally is not right here. Right. They say to trust that feeling. I mean, I've always go. heard that, so I trusted it. I, I and I, I had fucked enough girls back then. Like I was a little old enough that I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll, there'll be more pussy. <laughs> right, right. I, I have a tendency. Right. To, I have a tendency to, to to have that feeling and then go, yeah, but you know, like yeah, the you, story. You look like, oh, but I, I like it scary. Yeah, See, yeah, that's yeah. the that's the well, So here's it, the closest thing I had is I went to a, a girl's apartment uh, in in Long Beach. It was a girl I like met at a club, but we didn't we hook up that night or anything. And then we were gonna hang out some other time. And uh, I just, she lived out in Long Beach and I happened to be in Long Beach. And I was like, hey, you know, what are you up to uh, while I'm out here? And she's like, oh, I'm going to go to a coffee shop and meet up with a friend. You should meet us. All right. So I meet up with her and a friend. And then they're like, let's go back to my place and drink. We go back to her place and drink. And then um, her friend wanted to get Coke. And uh, I was like, nah, I don't, I don't do Coke. And then they just dropped the whole Coke thing. So I was like, okay, that was easy. Uh, cause coke people are fucking paranoid. If you don't do coke around coke people, they like they get they'll do it in the bathroom and shit. And they'll come out and act like they were just ripening their nose. It's it's the weirdest thing. <laughs> so then it's so 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 then she's like, okay, it's bedtime, and I was like, all right, well, I'll leave you to go to bed. And she's like, no, you can stay. I'm just saying, like, I'm shutting the lights off and we're getting into bed. So now I'm in bed with two girls, which is you know, hey, awesome. And um, the one girl I knew. Let's call her A and the other one B. A is like asking for a, a back rub or something. So I'm giving her a back rub. And then uh B goes, okay, switch. And so now I have to, I'm now I'm giving B a back rub. And I was like, okay, this is very strange. And then um I can't I think I was like in between the two of them and then they swapped. So I was next to A. And then they're having this whisper fight. 
that I didn't really understand. But I'm like falling asleep, and I'm like, I don't know what their whole it's totally situation. Different language. So I can, something weird English. is going on here. And then, uh, and she's B is saying to A like, you always do this or something like that. And then A goes, it'll be okay or something. And I'm like, it's gonna be okay. But I I fell asleep because you know, hey, it's my wheelhouse. So uh, I woke up. <laughs> I woke up and and A is out of the bed and she's just like in underwear and either topless or in a bra. I can't really remember, but she's she's got her top dresser door open, like in the corner of the room. It's a studio apartment, and she's just rifling through it with her back to both of us. And I had like just kind of woken up, and it was probably four or five in the morning. And I was like, "What the fuck is she doing?" But I didn't want to say anything. And her friends like, "Don't do this. Don't not don't do this now. Come on, just just come back to bed. Don't do this." And I was like, "Okay, now now it's like getting kind of what the fuck is she doing, right?" And she turns and she goes, "Go back to bed. I know what I'm doing." And I was like, "Okay." And I'm just sitting there. My eyes are closed, and I'm like, "Okay, just just be chill. Everything's gonna be fine. Everything's cool." And her friend, they're having a weird, weird whisper fight about whatever she's doing in the dresser. And she's there for like two minutes, which is like, in my head, I'm going, is she putting together like a silencer? Yeah, or like, I she, would definitely think that. Uh, holy shit. Right? Like, I don't know what the fuck. And I'm like, I'm realizing nobody on earth knows where I am right now or knows that I know this girl. That's or I've never talked about her to anybody. You know what I mean? Like, I'm I went to go so see a friend unknown. in Long Beach. Uh, and that was it. And then I was like, I'm going to go home. And on the way home, I was like, you know what? I'll hit up that chick. So like, nobody has any idea. So I was like, shit, I better call my roommate at the time at four in the morning. And I'm calling him. I was like, listen, this was Martin Luther King day. So I knew he was why, home. Why you got to bring the good Martin Luther King's name? Into I'm, this I'm bringing it up because it was a, it was a Monday off. So he wouldn't have been at work You're going to sell or he wouldn't have name. to, he could sleep in. So it was okay to call him at four in the morning. And I was like, hey, listen, I'm at, you know, and I'm like standing, I'm standing in the middle of the street in my boxers with my cell phone. That's like all I got. And I'm like, okay, I'm at, you know, this address and in the cross streets of this. I hope you're taking this information down and the phone number, blah, blah, blah. I was like, maybe she'll change your phone number. I don't think anything's going to happen, but in case it does, blah, blah. And then I went back in and they were still kind of fighting. And then her friend said, fuck this. I can't do this with you anymore and left. And that was, and then I ended up banging out with the other girl. And to this day, like I went to her birthday like a month ago. And to this day, she does not have an answer for what the fuck she was looking for in that dresser or what that whole situation was about. So Your situation like, turned out a lot better than ours, man. We had real terror. You <laughs> well, got, no, we all kind of, we all kind of, well, like, <laughs> what I'm saying is. Joe and I like, listen, were fucking talking about our lives just being ah, on the line. And you were like, talking about, back, you, back were talking about you were talking and, about a uh, weird feeling you had. We're talking about and death, you got out. Son. Talking I was about talking about a weird feeling I had, and, and I stayed. Maybe we should have stayed. No, See? I w- no. You would have double teamed that girl I, with your friend. No, I would. You would have banged it out with a tranny. So I a tranny. <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely a chick uh, with a dick. I saw that girl lots of times afterwards. That's what was weird. She lived in my town, and you never. Uh, no, and it was like did you every speak? time I would see her, I would get that feeling like, oh, she's like, Something she must think any, I'm out any of interactions? my mind. Did you ever talk to her? Did you ever Never just... talk to her again. Would it but, be great if she was listening right now? <laughs> be great. Did you have those? That's me. That, that across the room eye contact where you was like, "Listen, we both know some real weird shit happened between us, but we're never gonna talk about it. But we're looking at each other, and we know that was a thing." Did you ever have that thing? Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I I just did a podcast where who did I have on? 
somebody and they were telling me, oh yeah, it was Tony Rock, Chris Rock's. Brother. Oh yeah. So I had Tony Rock on my podcast. It's not up yet. Everyone, anyone who's listening wants to find it. It's not up. It's, it's next week's episode. I recorded it, but I didn't edit it yet. So uh, he was telling me about some black girl that I fucked, and I have no recollection. Like, do you have any girls? Like, I'm like, how do I not remember? Well, he was telling you about. An He's like, you, you fucked had. this girl, comedian, and he said her name. I'm like, no idea. I'm like, what is wrong with me that I can just totally not remember this? I'm like, I have no. I, either she's wrong. Either she's wrong, right? And she was fucking bullshitting, right? Or she She's, did fuck me. It's a it's weird when you have that kind of memory presented to you. You're like, okay, listen, either I did this thing. It's a black girl that I no idea. <laughs> How would I not remember? I've never. I, I think I've had sex with one black girl in my life, well, and I guess he's saying there's two. two. Yeah, I was gonna say apparently that's there's a half black girl twofold. out there too. There's one and a half. Ooh. The old, uh, the old... I've definitely had situations where I've run into somebody and been like, I know I know your face. I don't know where from. And you fucked I them. think I fucked you. And, and it's you like, and you're you not go sure? And, yeah, because you can't ask. I don't have that. Right. That's the most uncomfortable thing because you can't just go, did we fuck? Because I don't know. Isn't that weird? Yeah. You don't say it like that. I have a lot of course. Of you just... use the word coitus in place no. of it and you can no, get away with it. There's no good way did to Did we perchance you just go like, enjoy you just, coitus? What you do is you point and you kind of do the face that goes, I think I know you. And if they go, ah, then it's like okay, we know each other. Coitus. Uh, <laughs> apparently, this has never happened to you. No, I've never experienced this. Then yeah. you know me. You got low numbers. You no, know, I'd, I'd protect my life. We have uh, high numbers. I keep keep the snipers on. I'm not proud of my high numbers. No, I I just I don't I don't I've never uh, I'm very different in that way where I've never had that desire to kind of like. I just want uh, once again. I don't have a basement. Uh, no, Mitch. That's all listen, I'm pointing out. I, I, I don't. I don't. He uh, is very worried about being in. Uh, Teddy uh, oftentimes will reference something about like, oh well, yeah, of course you got numbers, you got a basement, or whatever have you, and I don't what have a basement. Uh, well, take, he has it in his head that I like lure women into a, a basement oh, oh. and have my a, way. A subterranean you, love you, shack. You, you commented will. upon arriving off off the air. Uh, uh, Joe commented that my place looked nice and clean, so I just want that out there. He's in, very in the sensitive. World. <laughs> you understand? Super He's clean. Very... <laughs> Dude, it's thank freaking... you. I've never seen a guy have the remote controls to video games have their own hanging place. <laughs> I'm looking at them right now. Yeah, I'm impressed by that. Thing. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I mounted all my TV. That's uh, because that's why basement. he has. That's why he has high vagina numbers. That's the basis. Because piece of shit. Because he looks. He's dirty but clean. That's like right. a great combo yeah. for women. That's, you got to keep you, your lair comfy. I bet if, you the pros. Women are all about this. comfort. If you if it's they're not true, comfortable, right? if they're not comfortable, they're like I can't. Like all that matters right. is comfort. And right. what's it say if a girl is comfortable in a really dirty place? That's I mean, she really scary, likes it, right? right? I mean, well, then it's all about then she's comfortable with the guy, not so much the situation. That means, that means she doesn't. I'm not talking about. Right. I'm not talking about just physical comfort. Right. Like, oh, this is a comfortable sofa or whatever. I'm saying comfort. In all things, I think, for instance, uh, the 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 theory of like, oh, women are gold diggers or things like that is it, it, if I think if a woman knows that you have the capacity without much trouble to fuck somebody that's not her, then she feels a bit more comfortable because she's like, you chose me. And the moment she feels like she's the only choice you've got <laughs> drops you like a fucking that's why like going like trying to get back with an ex. Never works, you know what I mean? They're they're they'll treat you like such pieces of shit because they're like, really, you could have had anybody else, but you came running back to me. Ugh. Like it, you're just gross. You're like this icky, and like maybe they'll give you a pity pussy. Like 
You know what I mean? Yeah. So chicks, they want that. They want a comfortable. They want to feel like like they're special and that uh, that you have other options. And so I think having, let's say, a clean place or money or uh, being successful in <laughs> a uh, being one. a sexual That's a good one too. A clean place, money. Well, or a successful comedian or a successful saw... actor or any uh, any kind of you know rock stars or whatever have you. All that kind of stuff. If you Even have like slush. a certain amount of if if they can, if they think to themselves, you know what, my friends would probably fuck him. Then like they're comfortable, you know right. what I mean? Right. And if you go, if, if she goes back to your place and it's filthy, uh, that's going to take away from the comfort. If you got comfort for days, that then you can probably get away with it. But if she's like iffy, that'll drop it down. And you lose I hear it, you. You know, like I said, it's I'm like staying. I'm staying with two different dirty guys yeah. in L.A. Yeah. And every time I come out, I'm, and one of them is have having sex or been dating for about five six months a very famous person so somehow he got around it i think she might be dirty too but she, but she's so rich that she has a cleaning person so they can cover up the dirty wow, wow. whereas my other friend's super poor he's staying in a guy who's doing pretty well um his apartment because he moved back to new york because he right, has right. kids he's on some tv show i'm not going to say the names and he goes you can just just pay me the maintenance on the the apartment, and yeah. you could stay in it for free. Nice. And he's like, apologize when I got there. It was like messy, like and everything. He's got cool furniture. It's all like, pimp. The place is ready to be pimped out to be like the you suites. said, a lair. Yeah. Right, like, you right. You get girls in this place. Right. The building's pretty nice. It's got all nice hardwood floors. It's got expensive furniture in it. Person. And there's, it's like it's unorganized. It would take ten minutes to clean what he's got messed up. But he just doesn't. Which I just, is I feel like the worst it. kind of lazy almost. Where you're like, like it's what are you also, doing? it's surface level. This it's like, is easy. You're, it's, you're not knocking on hoarder status, you know. Like, he was in his old place, yeah, because it's this other guy's place. It's kind of keeping he's, him just a little he's, bit he's dirty. Compartmentalized things a little bit. Oh yeah, this dude slept that, on. The it. easiest way to stay clean is, is to, or to keep things tidy or clean is just to have to live like in someone else's place. place. No, is to have a place to put shit. If you don't have a place, if you have like. Oh, you know, like my desk, as you can see, is relatively messy because I don't have like a place Barely. for my sunglasses or I don't have a place for it's my true. whatever. And so I just go, well, I'll put this here and this here and this here. You start throwing shit That's not really, you. yeah. Then it's like, well, what about this scrap yeah, of paper? Well, not... you could pick one spot that's your clutter, clutter spot. But it yeah. should be a drawer. Or <laughs> that's true. Or like a, you know, a bin or a bucket. You know what I mean? Some kind of something that you can like put a cover on and put in the corner or a closet. Yeah. When he, yeah, you're and good. when you're staying at a dude's house and I go, I need a towel to take a shower and he throws you one and it's a clean towel, but it looks like it's like black and it used to be white. It's like, right, right. I'm like, you don't have one. This is the cleanest towel I get. Again, right. You need right. to, the you need to go with him to Ikea. Everyone it, it take like a hundred bucks to Ikea. You could change his Even life. Even if you are super poor and you have got like two towels, mm -hmm. you know for a fact if you've got a guest that's that crashing with you, like I'm giving them the cleanest of the clean towels. You know, like I've got yeah, like the I've cleanest. got the extra third towel saved that I don't use just so that I could give to people to be like, I have basic decency. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready to just I'm wondering if I should just start paying for a hotel when I do Chelsea because if you literally if you'd waited a month to arrive, I'd say you could crash in the studio <laughs> here. Because I was intending this to be also a guest bedroom. That's why you can move the thing. I just oh, haven't right. bought we'll an air mattress. So no, I can't next, help you. Next but time next time you're, time you're in town, no, 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 I'm hit me up. These are good friends, but you wonder in your forties if you're like, should I just 
pony up, spend the money, and, <laughs> I and hope I make it later later on this year, you know, and hope right. that the Chelsea thing. Well, it greatly depends on your budget and and your uh no I'm not. your uh, uh uh what's that word I'm looking for? Basically, your your tolerance for uh, neighborhoods and filth. The neighborhood, you know I mean? yeah, I could probably I can tolerate this one. Right, right. This one isn't that bad. Well, there's like a I Motel said, 6 next door. No, I used there's a nice hotel close that I <laughs> yeah, used yeah. to stay in that the uh somewhere It was like a Holiday Inn up the road. This was a Holiday Inn Express, yeah. but it was like yeah. $185 a night. It was kind of expensive. Yeah, it's a so bit it's much. Yeah. It was nice though. Yeah. It feels it seems well weird when you watch those, that. Yeah. You watch movies and people could like just get a motel room and it was like a decent looking room. That it's doesn't like, exist. That's like you know, like I've like you've been in that place. You're like, I'm just gonna go grab a room for the night. And Not in L. A. Yeah. You're in Montana, well, yes. Like, I with, feel like, with the hitchhiker. Yeah. <laughs> Back to your story. I brought it right back. Hey, oh, boom! Just riffing. Just riffing. Uh, straight. But it's, it's straight riffing. It's 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 like weird. It's one of those like outdated things that kind of is and you see in movies now, where you're just like, you can't just go get a hotel room for a cheap price and just be on the lamb. That shit is not real. <laughs> I had I. I I almost never stayed in hotels in this area because I always just lived here. But when my uh, two apartments ago, when the kitchen got fire and I had to, I was like, had no electricity. I was like, I have to literally move tonight. And uh, and they were like, Yeah, we'll pay for the first two nights in any hotel room. <laughs> I was like, Yeah, that's gonna take me more than two nights to find a place. But whatever. And I stayed at the Holiday Inn Express and I had my cat with me, and they were just dicks. And the guy was the guy at the counter had this like. He looked like I could convince him. Like, he didn't have a moral quandary, but he was like, but I don't know what my boss would say. And it's like that fucked up thing where they didn't give him enough power to say yes. So I was like, listen, my apartment caught on fire. I literally don't have any place to stay tonight. I My cat is in a carrier. He will stay in the carrier. Uh, do you have a room? And the guy's like, uh, we don't allow cats. I was like, he's in a carrier. I just need a room. I'm just asking if you have a room. And I was thinking, why did I even tell him about the cat? I should have just left it in my car, but whatever. And he just had this, like, horrified look. I said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get a room. And this conversation never happened. And he just stayed frozen. And they didn't say anything. But uh, that was, yeah, the Holiday Express was really expensive. And then I ended up staying at the Motel 6 next door for, like, three or four nights. And it was fucking not good. Just, <laughs> oh, freaky. It was, you know, like, I mean, it was fine in the room. <laughs> but like walking the halls it was just it was it's like just couples fighting every room was a couple fighting yeah you, you notice the lower quality uh oh, motel dude. it is like the more you just get like i remember being fighting in, yeah like i remember being in, in this uh this, like, everybody staying there is like you're not gonna hit me again i'm staying out like no, I, you know what exactly. i mean like exactly all of them were there i was i was at this hotel <laughs> in west hollywood and uh this was like not it was like been like a year ago or something and it was uh you know, just real low grade motel, like the kind of one that you would have seen in a movie that someone pulled in. Like, I'm just a stranger in town looking for a room for a week while I get my life in order, that kind of thing. And uh, the room, tip next, of the hat, the, yeah. like the room next to me was just, I got in there and it was just straight up domestic altercation uh, with some dude yelling at this woman, just being like, I can't fucking believe you, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, like, there was just a, like a, like her, she's like, "Oh, what? You gonna hit me? You gonna hit me?" And then you just heard like a bam, and then I was like, "Oh, I'm just like sitting there, just be like, oh my god, this is the worst." And then she's like, "Oh, you gonna hit me again?" And then I was like, "Well, this is not good." 
this is not very good at all. And apparently money had been lost. Like it was like you could like hear someone's life being spilled out and you just you could only imagine Did you call the cops or did you just sit there with a the pillow over your head going, huh? This isn't happening, this isn't happening. Uh <laughs> I ate some Doritos. <laughs> uh, There's a Doritos commercials for you. <laughs> It's it seems to not happen in Europe like it like you don't should see I, that stuff I, there. I mean, did you just get back from Europe? You no. tried to shoehorn it into this conversation at least three times now. No, I didn't. I saw a movie that I was going to connect it with. I saw a movie called The Way. Did you ever hear of that movie? I don't think so. No, it was out about six months ago, and um, Martin Sheen's son uh, Emilio Estevez oh, directed it. I heard it. about this one. I didn't. And it's see about a bit. pilgrimage where they go on this pilgrimage walk through Spain. Hmm. And it's all different people doing it for different reasons, you know, in their life. They're Is it going... a documentary or something? No, no, it's a movie, but it's a true thing that really exists. This... Based on true events. And they all walk it, and they get to certain points, and they meet people along the way, and then they have to stay in, you know, hotels that are on the pilgrimage. There's, like, signs that tell you which way to go to to complete the thing. And it's like every time that just something different, like, amazing and great happens in each place and each hotel, and everybody's like, kind and it's just crazy like if you did that and if and you like you said yeah, in the u.s you would get killed at stop two yeah right. you would get or shot, you'd just you be like this sucks because people won't stop fucking yelling and beating each other up or whatever's going on that's know. that's what i think of what you described is what i think of when in that in pulp fiction when samuel jackson was like i'm gonna walk the earth uh, I'm thinking like, yeah, you'd go to Europe for that. Like you wouldn't. <laughs> like, well, I'm gonna walk the Kansas. Um, no, I'm, you're not. I'm no, just, you're not uh, walking any Kansas. Well, this this is to connect. I don't know if this connects, but like, uh, doesn't have to. It, we were talking about race and our parents and all that, but like, I've kind of you know, as I moved and became a comedian and and saw places and traveled and a lot, you know, because I used to have those weird racist things in my head, and then they start to go away. Um. I think I just lost my train of thought. You guys haven't lost your train of thought once since we started. We're we doing this for over a year. Uh, no, but you, you, you're talking with the parents, and uh, you were saying with the experience with your your parents and growing up, uh, a racial race mixing. Race I know that. I'm trying. Uh, to, I'm trying to think what it had to do with this pilgrimage. No, Emilio <laughs> going Estevez, to Europe. Mighty uh, ducks traveling. <laughs> Mighty ducks. Uh, <laughs> mixed race couples fighting in hotel rooms in Europe. Yeah, that while is. walking the earth because their parents don't Pope's approve of their mixed race dating. Put, like, I don't know. Write Pulp Fiction on the board. Maybe write, that'll stir it up. All right, we'll put Jesus. Pulp Fiction and put after in parentheses after Pulp Fiction. Say to to remind Joe or something like that, or to Pulp fix Fiction. Joe's memories. Pulp, I don't know. Pulp, Pulp Fiction. What the hell? What the hell did I start talking about? I don't know. You said we were talking about earlier about your parents and the race. I'm writing thing. Think Joe Think. Okay, thank you. That's good. I like it. Run, Lola, run. Think, Joe, think. <laughs> I can go on to another story. No, no, no. I, I got to get this. To, I, I got to get we'll this. this. It drives we'll give me this crazy when I don't get him, it. All right. Let him dwell in his own. I'll let you do it. And maybe if you dwell. hit him with the inception. Just keep, just keep bringing it. Hit me it. Where's the kick? I'm sorry. Where's the kick? <laughs> Straight ripper. There's the, there's the kick. <laughs> All right. Force him, man. <laughs> So uh, the way difficult brown words to live by. 
meeting all the people. What the fuck? What the uh, fuck? Hostels, youth travels, experience. And you are and like bone sober. No beer, no nothing. weed, nothing. This but guy. I, but just I, water. I flew yesterday. I didn't put anything in I, the water. I went a lot of coffee and a lot of alcohol combined. Jet lag going down and going up. And I'm on kind of a ch- and I just did Chelsea where I had to memorize a lot of stuff real fast. Now, do they uh, when you do Chelsea? They give you they say this is what we're going to cover in advance two hours before. So, yeah, so, you, so, so you, you, don't get, you don't get to prepare much. For and me. then some of them you throw out the window and you're working with a line producer in like a room. She goes, what do you got? And she goes through all your material with you. And then sometimes you riff and come up with a different one and get rid of the old ones. And that's and for you the roundtables. Yeah, and, you might, and then you literally like, she's like, we got to go. Throw all your shit down. They're saying your name and you, your name gets said and you run out and you're on a roundtable. And they just know the when to pause for your joke? Nobody pa- yeah, well, some people don't pause. They'll talk over you. It's like you got to learn how to. Elbow Be in. a hog. Yeah, just kind of fight yeah. in and get your... Yeah, I had one joke that didn't get on tonight, and then they cut to a video segment that was like a video segment joke about the topic we were on, which was Emilio Estevez. Or not... That's funny. It was about... Ducks, baby. Jesus the ducks Christ. are in the building. Oh, it was about um, the guy who played Batman, uh, Bale, Christian Bale, uh, right, and, right. and him hating... Um, Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, really? That was like the news story that he had been lost. He lost a lot of big movies that D- DiCaprio got, and now he has this anger for him. Huh. And then I, I, I did one joke about it, and then everybody else said theirs, and I remembered I had another one, so I started it, and I guess I didn't get it in fast enough. And she goes, "We got to go to," it. and they went to a video segment that killed. It was hilarious. Some dudes dressed up as Batman, and he's yelling like it was like a reenactment, but like a funny one. And then they came back from the video, and she goes, "What were what, what were you trying to say?" And I like literally pulled a comedy move where I was like, "It's gonna bomb right here. I can't follow the fucking yeah. video right, yeah. right. with my joke that was kind of like you, what a was subtle." The joke? Well, the joke was about how I can relate to uh, I can relate to Christian Bale because when I lived in L.A., I used to hate going on auditions, you know. Because I go, everyone in the room, you think you have your own specific thing, and everyone in the room looks just like you, but like slightly better. So you're sitting next to, I go, there's me with a, a straight nose. I go, there's me with, <laughs> with darker hair, no gray. There's me with, and I go, nah, shit, there's me with a top lip. And, and then I, I used to end it with, there's me with talent. I go, that guy always fucking shows and ruins it. Like that was like the joke. And I knew it wasn't going to work. After the video, maybe I'm wrong, but it's like when you do Letterman. You gotta trust that instinct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, when you do Letterman, saying. sometimes you get an applause on the wrong spot. Yeah, they I will. Can see that. They'll applause a pause. Yeah, and then if they do, your your tag won't work. Right, right. And sometimes you're like, but I love my tag, and I'm still gonna say it, even though it's gonna get nothing. Right. It's that it's that weird comedy thing where you're like, I or like about ending. You you yeah. like when you like end really strongly, but it's not your your closing joke, and you're yes. like, I should probably just get the fuck out right now. Yeah. And you're used to your rhythm, right? But yeah. it's a tough thing to walk away from that and just be like, okay, listen, that was it. Fuck these last three minutes that I got left. I just leave them on the board. You know, it's <laughs> just like I yield my time to the chair. I'm out. Well, they edit like crazy on on uh, Chelsea. Is it? Too. Is it? So is it? Is it, take it how, out. Is, how is the tape? Is it? Is it just like live to tape kind of recording, and then they just go back and edit a lot later to edit it down? Or yeah, they but they like, usually don't edit much. Yeah. See, we do for real what they spend all this time writing and preparing for. Yeah, they got writers. They yeah, write all everything that Chelsea says because she gets the first crack at the news story, right. and hers is some someone wrote it like five people 
you know, brainstormed and picked the best one and then gave it to her. So she starts with a gem usually, and then you follow with something you had an hour and a half to come up with. But sometimes you you have some good ones, and sometimes you you have ways you can use shit that's in your act, and it just fits the subject. How did you end up? uh, You've been on you've been doing Chelsea appearances for a while now, right? Yeah. Just kind of about like a year. Is that one of those things? A little you over just a year. kind of just kind of stumbled into. Kind I of knew like... Brody. Brody Stevens used to do the warm up. Mm-hmm. You guys you probably would, know Brody, would, right? The warm up circuit man. Yeah, he's Mister Warm Up. He doesn't warm up over there anymore, but no. he used to be the warm up. And I said, "Can you put a good word in?" And he actually did. But I got lucky. The guy who booked the show actually knew me and had liked me. He saw me at like the Montreal Comedy Festival, so he gave me a shot. And that was back when they let people. Get, in. get a shot. Now they're like, it's fucking locked. They know who the they door are. is locked. We got our 30 or 40 or whatever. They it have is. a really solid roster. Over yeah. there that they've kind of, that it seems like they just kind of pull from all the time. Like, yeah. if you're, no one gets, if you're in. In, they yeah. tell you, they won't let you give any of your friends a recommendation. Right. Nothing. Yeah. You're in, you're in. Yeah. Keith Robinson was on recently. He's hilarious. And I, he has never been on. So he broke through the cracks. Maybe he worked with her. Something, something, something exceptional happened. happened. Management, yeah. somebody, somebody's doing somebody a favor. Yeah. Not management. It's probably a more personal thing. Yeah. Because that that can actually that's the best thing in business in our business to get work is when you get lucky and you work with somebody famous and they take a liking to you. Like, right, right. I like you, Spaniard, and I shall cheer for you. Do you have any of those? We have no we have no benevolent nope. benefit. Joe, I don't know if I've I told you. Say. I love your hair. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, <laughs> I can't, I can't pull that off. I've just been growing it out and letting it do its thing. But yeah, it's work. I'm jealous. I'm telling you, this guy just uh, it's working. You think it's, it's a little heavy-handed? I still can't believe I can't remember that story about the fucking It'll way. Cut. Go It'll see cut. the movie though; it was really good. All right, All right. Um, I'll, I'll wanted, take a look at I that. I wanted the to ask you though. Uh, maybe <laughs> as soon as it comes in, just interject. Uh, but you're. Your Artie Lang interview, where you uh, you ended up talking with uh, with Artie, um, that was like I, th- I think you mentioned that you guys hadn't seen each other for a while. Yeah, two it. years. It been like oh, yeah, it was like two years or something like that, and it was oh, it was after uh, his suicide attempt, right? Right, and mm-hmm. so I think I remember you mentioning on that episode that he uh, that you viewed him as kind of a mentor, kind of thing, right? Is that is that accurate? Oh, yeah, is that yeah, fair yeah. to say? And he, yeah, and he, and he made fun of that. Yeah, of course. A very, very arty <laughs> fashion. your mentor, your father. Uh, but so how did, I mean, because you, you talk to a lot of people, and it's a very kind of informal conversational thing that you have on your podcast. So how did you end up, did you approach Artie and you were like, I you know, kind of want to just talk about, because you guys go into a lot of things. You talk a lot about mental illness and comedy, and you get into a lot of those kind of things. Uh, and it's a very, it's a very great, open, honest conversation, but I'm. Just wondering how that whole process kind of came. Yeah, out. I should have gone that route. I went hair. You went all right. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! Got him. <laughs> um, that's hilarious. That was really funny. Uh, my, you're you over there? Like, how do I put that on the board? <laughs> I was thinking that. I, Damn! I saw oh. your eyes look over, and I was like, I don't know. I don't know really how you put that on the board. Uh, take up, take up the whole board. Uh, you could sorry, Joe go. nice hair, maybe. Yeah, yeah, no, no, go ahead. I'm sorry, Joe. Um, I think I'm trying to think if Artie just contact. You know what it was? Artie and I had this thing so. before he was sober and in a better place that he's in right now. It was always a time where I'd be like, and other people would talk about this with Artie that knew him, where it'd be like, does Artie? 
am I annoying Artie? You would always, you were never sure where you stood with him. Yeah. Even though in his head that he thought it was obvious that you were great friends and that he had this, you know, he loved you as a friend and all that kind of stuff. You never knew for some weird reason with him. And through therapy, once again, like he would come up in my therapy sessions because I would be like, man, I want to talk to Artie, but I don't want to bother him. The guy just tried to kill himself. Maybe he doesn't want to hear from anybody. He's depressed. Right. The worst thing a depressed person has happened is someone call him on the phone, and then he's got to an answer, and he really would rather just lay in bed and for you're two unloading straight a days. bunch of problems on them. And well, you know. not unloading problems, just like I know, I I know from a guy that would get depressed here and there that you don't feel like answering your phone when you're depressed. It's like the intrusion. Yeah. Kind of thing. So some every <clears throat> once in a while, I go, you know what? Fuck it. I just want him to know that I'm, you know, I'm. I'm I'm thinking about you, man. I hope you're all right. So I was coming from opening from Craig Ferguson, and it made me think of Artie because I was driving up the Jersey Parkway. And Artie and I used to always work in Atlantic City, and I opened for Ferguson in Atlantic City. It was the first time I ever did it. And I said, I just, it made me think of Artie, and I just called him, and he answered. And we just started bullshitting, you know, and he was telling me how he's doing great, and he's in rehab, and all this stuff's going on, and, and then the podcast came out and on, uh, you know, up, and he was like, I'd love to do it. Let's do it. I go, I'll come to your house and do it. And then we set it up. And then uh, like a week later, I went to his house and interviewed him. But so I tried to capture that. And I even, I think, talked about it in that episode where it's, I think, afterwards, at the end of the episode, I talked about how you don't know how to act because you're a guy and he's a guy and yeah. he's your friend who tried to kill himself. Like, you don't have any sort of. There's no one you can go and ask, how, what do you do when you see someone that tried to kill themselves? Like, no one's been through it. It's not right. something you know how to do. So I'm like, do I hug this guy or do I make jokes? Do I yeah. get serious? What do I do? It's, it's, because it, in, in the beginning, uh, I kind of to bookend that you, you close it out with some of that. And I think it's interesting how you approach it where you, you talk about you wanted to have that, that feeling of I'm just talking with my friend in uh, mm -hmm. his living room, you know, and mm -hmm. or, I, I think that's where you kind of were, but, you know, in his house, you know, yeah. and it's in a very comfortable environment for him. And it it starts off with you talking about how you would encounter uh, all these people and they would ask you about Artie, but it would be in the sense of, is he okay? How's he doing? Like, tell him I wish him well. Yeah. And because he was this very giving person right. who never really, you know, he gave he a lot. He couldn't to, receive it. Right. I think that's what you said. He can receive. Right. That from from a friend, he, yeah, yeah, which is which is it's interesting to hear you talk about how you didn't want to call him, you know, because you like, I don't want to intrude really yeah. in that kind of sense. He told like, me about other people that were able to just say fuck it, like I want to be there, even though they yeah. didn't care. Yeah, like Colin Quinn, he said was somebody like that that just you know he went to the rehab center, he showed up at his house, he was there, even though you know. Yeah, Artie might want wanted to be alone. He tried to pull him out, you know, make force him to have a conversation or whatever. Well, it's 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 when he talks about rehab, he talks about how he was very resistant to therapy. I think, and how it took him a long time to reach a place where he saw that it was a constructive thing and to kind of embrace. Some oh of yeah, it. he was Mister Anti Everything. Like I've never met. Like he's just so like guy's guy. You could tell his dad was just like a. One of those dads, you know, that like you're <clears> swinging <throat> like a faggot, like one of those kind of dads, right, right. you know. And as you, I mean, you've got a lot of experience in with therapy and that whole system, and you, you know, that's kind of with the, your uh, your wife in that regard. So, like, did you guys ever have conversations about about therapy before he really sort of you know bottomed out in that regard, or was that anything? Oh, that you Artie and I, yeah. 
Or did you? I we mean, would have some deep conversations on the phone sometimes. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, to go, I guess it's interesting. Like, did you ever really think? I mean, I, did you? Have he was lying was, a lot, though. That's what did was you know weird. how bad it was? I guess before. I mean, before this, to, I couldn't believe he tried to kill himself. But he was one of those guys when he was your friend. You're like, what? What day am I getting the call that Artie's dead? Like, it was of one of those. It was like right, you were right. hanging out with Chris Farley. That's what you felt like. Yeah. We would go to Vegas. We all they, he'd get a cabana. At the you know at the pool and there would be fucking girls and free booze and any food you wanted just debauchery all just around like a bunch of guys are watching a, whatever great sporting events on in our cabana with misters blowing on us we're like this is great where's Artie the guy that the reason we're here because we're <laughs> opening for Artie uh, and I, he would I, be in I a, would say that probably he'd go where the misses were blowing on him. You know? <laughs> Sorry, well, God. that's kind of what he was doing, but we didn't know that. I remember a time in Vegas that. We're just pounding on his door and no answer. And I thought for sure, I'm like, he's fucking dead in there. And then it turned out he was just with hookers and he didn't want to answer. Just doing drugs and had hookers in the room and would st- he'd stay in there for 24 straight hours. That's that's insane. I mean, it's it, it was it was interesting to hear you guys talk a lot about, because I mean, it is you kind of talking about how with the whole podcast dynamic and being able for comedians in particular to explore mental illness. And it's a weird thing to talk about because... It's that idea for so much of it, you kind of think, is it just me that feels this way? And then you find out that someone else is struggling with similar kind of things in their own fashion. Yeah. And that's a lot of what your kind of podcast and a lot of the kind of conversations that you deal with. I think the one that you have with uh, with Jake Johansson, there's a kind of conversation that you, there's a conversation. You guys, his homework. you guys have a you guys have a conversation on there. <laughs> Kiss ass. This uh, guy's reading all his tremendous novel no, you're, you know, you're just listening to podcasts he's busy with the gay fiction uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh you, got, <laughs> you talk about it's cool you talk about which uh, i got shit to do you know I mean, uh, hey man you know I, I got shit to do baby like researching for the podcast he was probably mounting controllers uh <laughs> Sorry. Is that what we're calling them these uh, days? Uh, what are they called? Hey, Zing. Hey, what are they called? I was. That was a. That was a female joke. That was a. Never mind. Oh, 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 no, oh yeah. They are still called controllers. How did I miss that? Uh, yeah. uh, but so I mean, they, when you talk, they're not controlling me. <laughs> <laughs> I got a handle on my hose. No, sorry. Uh, right, go ahead. But no, you were talking about kind of the, some of the things that you have to do to be successful as a comedian uh, are very destructive for your sense of relationships. Which I feel like is a theme that you and Artie touch on a lot throughout that, where you were kind of exploring that as a friend and that connection, like you're saying, of just being knowing someone and having them in your life and viewing them as such a close figure, but at the same time being like, when is this person going to be taken away from me? Not because of something random, but because they're just making a lot of really poor decisions. Right. You know, it's like it's a, it's it's I guess it's like a. With the mental illness thing, like, is that, like, your anxiety and stuff, you know? Like, is it is that an, is it an easy thing for you to talk about on your podcast? Does that kind of compel you to keep doing it because you I've feel always, like... I've always been fascinated, and I always talked about it. I've even, in, in my mind, I've always wanted to do a documentary. It always just fascinated me that people that make people laugh are so far from laughing. You know, they're not, they're sad, and it's just, was you know, it's... it's did, you ever it's see, a, uh, did you ever see I Am Comic? Documentary. Yeah, I saw that one. In the beginning, there's like a, a, there's like a ten minute thing in the beginning where they have a few comics like, "Oh, this is what happened to me as a kid" or whatever, right? You know, but yeah, they don't really get into yeah. it as much. But yeah, it is, I, it, I had pitched a TV show around Hollywood with this celebrity shrink called Stand Up Lie Down, and it was just a show 
really with comedians in a group therapy situation, following their lives, seeing how the material comes, you know, out of their real sad and shitty lives. And, um, we had a lot of interest, but we, you know, it's hard as balls to sell a show, but it's always been something I've been fascinated in. And then, uh, it would work if it, if the thing that would bother me about that is just, I, I hate seeing footage of group therapy sessions. I think that would probably, if I ever hit some kind of rock bottom with drugs or alcohol or anything like that, if somebody tried to put me in a group therapy thing, I'd just be like, I, you're, this is not the way to help. Right. Well, then it was either that or it was going to be like kind of what my psychiatrist, psychologist does, which is see comedians one-on-one. So yeah. Yeah. they're all seeing this one guy and we're following their lives around. I think yeah. If you if you had a thing where it was like interview the psychiatrist, if they, it was like interview like a real life doctor, yeah, interview the psychiatrist about uh about a certain set a number of topics that the comedian agreed that you could ask the psychiatrist uh-huh. about kind of thing, and they would talk. Then it would probably work. I don't know. Just something right. about every time I see those group group therapy sessions, and uh, I mean I've uh when when I was younger because of my stepsister doing all the drugs, I had to go with her to all the various rehabs. Uh-huh. And so I sat in on a shitload of these group there and I fucking hated them then. And watching them today, it's still the same thing. It's this weird round table. Everybody's trying to out sad the next one. <laughs> right. And it, it's this, you know what I mean? It's like a competition. It's like a, oh yeah, I've had that too, but mine was worse. And you're just like, emotional one upsmanship. Yeah. That was funny. I fucking if, hate it. If you listen to my one podcast where I had this comic Marina Franklin on and this other girl, Joyelle, and we were talking a lot about race and how I went to visit the house. I lived till I was five in and it's an all black neighborhood now and how my dad wouldn't stop the car. <laughs> I wanted to. See. He's like, no, just look from a distance. He wouldn't stop. I was like, I'm not. Why? And I was asking them if my dad was racist and if I was, and and then uh, it was it was funny because now I'm forgetting my. What, 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 shit. You're talking about the group therapy, perhaps. The oh, one so up, oh, what's interesting is this girl Joyelle went went after Marina when I was interviewing them. She went second, and she started talking about how you know her father. Um, had her outside of his marriage and not until she was 16 did she find out that this guy was really her father she didn't even know that and then, and then she had wow. to pretend even when she found out she wasn't allowed to say they just lied and she had to pretend she One was a friend of the family secret kind of thing where yeah. like everyone knows but if you say something we'll fucking no up. everyone didn't know oh, she wasn't no. allowed to say because oh. he had a family so oh, she would ooh, visit them and yikes. pretend that that wasn't her dad Wow. And, and her dad was decorated and like got all these awards it and it was a doctor. Like that. It, it was always, crazy. It always is a, I, I had a situation where like a family friend, like they get found out that like his, you know, well established in the community father had a second family that came out, you know, when his right. father was well into his later years when it finally came out and like had had a family for eight, like had had a second family. You know, just sustain two families, basically. And that shit is just mind-boggling when right. you hear it because you think it's it's hard enough to have a family. Right. Let alone, <laughs> like, to just, like... Well, I, this girl on my podcast couldn't stop crying. I mean, she was just bawling on the podcast. And, like, she, you could tell that she just... This girl cries every day of her life, right, half of the right. day. She just... A lot of you bring this subject up, it's just... She's almost laughing and crying and wiping her face and talking some more. And comedians being how we are, like you say, comp- competition. Marina Franklin's like, ah, oh, man, I had sadder shit I could have said. Like, she's actually <laughs> jealous. <laughs> and I, was, I was like, oh, my God. Like, Marina has had some really sad shit. Oh, but she didn't go there. Well, you're like, so you're... well that's, the, that's the tricky thing. I mean, I, I, 
on my first DVD that I did, like, um, I had talked about my mom dying, which had only happened eh, within like eight months or so of the DVD. Uh-huh. And I was trying to talk about like the, the sort of funny things around it. My dad thinks it's terribly out of taste for me to even reference it. And right. I'm like, but that's, that's your that's therapy. Like kind of so much of, you know, yeah, what was yeah. going through my head. Right. And, uh, yeah, same kind of thing where it's like, how do I, you know, it, it was one of the things I can't try that out on anybody. You know what I mean? You almost can't do it at like an open mic. Certainly. Because there's just one guy who's like at the bar and going like, "Why is this dude just unloading about why his mom?" Is he so sad. Like, Go to therapy, bro. But it wasn't guy. like I I didn't get all like, and then you know I didn't I I tried to keep sure, it upbeat the whole time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was tricky. Just from that perspective, where you go like, "No, I'm not. This is not a. Let me talk about the happy side." You know, uh, but just you know, uh, tricky in that sense. So I could imagine. Uh, I don't know. I don't really get into. I don't think we've gotten we've we've gotten into sad stuff on this podcast, but yeah, it happens. Like what? Uh, uh, well, I mean, we've all had shit. You know, we've all got our sorted. Uh, you know, I'm totally estranged from my family. Are you uh, really? Yeah, I've, I've I haven't spoken to anybody in years. Your whole family? Yeah, brothers, uh, sisters. Yeah, mom, my, my mom. Dad, my, my dad passed away when I was 11. Dropped dead in front of me of a massive heart attack. So <sighs> we got some sad things that happen. Uh, so why you're not close with the family? Oh well, it's, uh, well, my mom uh, just went crazy. Uh, basically, and then you know, just said a lot of bigoted things and did other crazy things. And you have brothers and sisters. I have a younger sister, and when I would try to present my case to my family of being like, you know, she's crazy, they just all sided with her. So I was like, all right, we're done here, I guess. Got to really? make moves. Got to cut you out. So that's how my therapist would treat certain comics. I remember I because I knew <clears> a lot of the guy, other comics yeah. that he would see, and they'd be like, he'd be like, <laughs> I'd see them out. What did he say? He said, uh, you know, not allowed, no, not allowed to talk to your dad. He's out of your life. Get rid of that guy. I mean, that's, that's what I had to do. I mean, like, I had a grandmother who, go. like, I told my grandma. Sometimes it's good. That's yeah. what I did for most of my uh, extended family. I mean, it's, yeah. it's just pretty much my, I don't. I only talk to my dad because whatever he calls, but, uh, you know, it's my sister. And then, yeah, extended family, I'm with you. I got a couple cousins Why bother? that I talk to. Why that's bother? That's, I, Fuck like, them. It's it is it's weird when you read a source of like pain and fucking well this is guilt this is interesting because you're a dad now right you you just you just had yeah you just had a yeah you've got two kids are they what you four and a half and newborn three months right congratulations on the thank you boy and girl or girl girl? boy and a girl boy and a girl so you're that's the way to do both sides covered yes all your angles covered girls older or younger girls the young one. Okay. The newborn. So are you, when you do the podcast and you, you know, uh, you're talking about a lot of your things now, do you ever think about the, because we joke a lot about the uh, the ethereal children that yeah, we yeah. don't have and, you know, the fact you that You do. I don't. Well, I mean. What we, they will be. What, mean, well, or? not what they'll be like, but just them encountering us, you know, having the kind of honest Teddy, dialogue. Teddy's like, having. oh, when they Teddy's find running, the podcast. Right, if, if, I always if, think about that. Yeah, Teddy, Teddy's I mean. running like a like a lifelong PR campaign for ethereal children in his life. <laughs> it's his whole kind of thing where he's like, man, my ethereal children ever find this, that kind of thing. <laughs> it's part of the reason I had to cut my family out because I was like, if I ever have kids, if they were biracial children, I can't bring them around people who are just straight up bigots. You know what I mean? Like, I got to cut you out for the kids' sake. I can't have kids around bigots. Like, I got to get rid of you people. You people are fucking crazy. Those kind of There's got to so, be some people in your family that aren't, no, though. No, ain't nobody. Not one? Cowards. Cowards around. Cowards or bigots. Pick your choice. There's not I mean, one but good I, member I, of the family. I guess it's also that thing. It's like... I told you I got a couple cousins. That's it. A couple cousins. I, I, I just... I, I think growing... Like, most of my... My mom's side of the family was lived in Northern California. Almost entirely all of them lived relatively close to each other in northern california and then my dad's side of the family pretty much all in new orleans so living in phoenix i never had extended family so like 
family just in general doesn't really make sense to me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so the idea of like Couldn't when I when I say it. like when I say like oh I cut him out like I don't fucking fuck him like whatever it's because the very few interactions I've had with him as an adult were not pleasant. Yeah. And certainly during my mom's memorial service, watching my aunt run around my mom's house picking things off the wall was like in such terrible taste that I just was like, I can't deal with this she woman. Looting? She looting? Yeah, she was like, I'm going to grab this, I'll take this and whatever. And she's like, Mitch, are you going to take this home? And I was like, you know, uh, let's let's slow this down a week. Although, she, although as it turned out, she had the right idea because my stepdad... Uh, immediately uh just cut off everything sold all of her shit sold the house that was technically supposed to be mine and my sister's and then remarried and moved to like Nicaragua or something damn yeah like within a year just boop he introduced my mom's side of the family to the new wife before they got married and nobody told me or my sister until after he had moved and i was like that's great really so it's again why would i want you people in my life because they've never been, yeah. so I don't understand family. I guess you know what I mean. So on the flip, but you're saying that you're very close with your extended family. You were, I'm sorry, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. You were saying because you're like, oh, I can't live without them. Are you talking about immediate family, extended family, what? Oh, well, I'm, I'm, Is it that Italian tight knit thing. I'm close with my fam, my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister, and uh, I'm close with my wife's family too. They live like they all live ten and fifteen minutes away. So it's all kind help of help us like crazy with the kids. And so you got they're the, there. The, they're the, good people. You got more. I don't kind have of the traditional style. Where it's like the family's kind of within striking distance. You know, that would like be the only can... reason I'd get married is just to fucking get a good family. Get, just yeah, it's sort of see like, a, a like a magnifying a glass. Be like, what's it like? Let me. Oh, I just want to see what families are like because they, yeah. they confuse me. People who the love whole and thing. Care it's like a time. weird feel like an alien. I'm like, that's uh, all right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. All right, that's what families do or whatever. Whenever I've had girlfriends who had like actual families, like where their parents were still together, I'm like. Fucking, let me let so me, how much let me watch and <laughs> I had to take all this shit out. What did go, you notice? I know it's very weird. It very was weird, weird to you. Weird, very weird. I'm because I, I I just because I'm sitting there going because my dad's been married three times uh -huh. and his current wife he calls her his roommate. Like he doesn't give two shits about like oh my God. as far as I can tell he probably just picks up hookers or something. I have no idea. So does it make it does. hard for you to be in relationships because of well, these of role course, models? Of yeah. <laughs> so it's like he had a family before my mom. He had two kids. They reached about nine, ten. He left them, met my mom. Uh -huh. She had two kids, boy and a girl. Also, he left us when we were ten. What problem do you so struggle it's, with? It's uh, just all of that. Like what any part? any kind of any kind of commitment or uh that I, just wigs you, know. you out. Yeah, yeah, because it, it's that it, nice feeling. You just like if a sense of to comfort nice, and relaxedness. I think. I guess. But it's you have like, a girlfriend. Uh, How, is I it do, hard yeah. for you? No, I. But I'm. I think I. I'm very different in that sense of like I. Like I, you want that? Thought. I well, no. I, I. 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 This is the thing that I've said as before. Is I went from having that like very traditional middle class two parents, you know, like boy and girl, sure, and then sure. you know my dad dropped dead in front of my face, and then all of a sudden it was like single mother working out of town having to raise my sister, that kind of thing. So I had both sides of the divide, you know? And so, like, I... And I also witnessed what happened to my mom after she lost my dad and witnessing her have to perform CPR on my dad, you know? Sure. And try and revive her best friend. So I I fully understand what a luxury it is to find someone. So it's... I am... I And I also understand what it is to lose someone and then have yourself in this place where you emotionally collapse and you're not able to be... The person that you should be emotionally for the people that you're in charge of. 
So I, I, there's that complex juxtaposition where it's like, I know this thing is a luxury that I would like to have, but I don't need it. So you're not going to be super essential because I see what happens if I lose you and I don't have my shit together. I can't, I can't afford that. You know what I mean? I can't afford to turn into this person. Right, right. So right. it's, it's like, a, it's like a balance kind of thing where it's like, yeah, that shit would be really awesome and cool to have a partner. Like, no doubt. Who the fuck doesn't want a partner? That shit is awesome. But on the flip he side, he might not think that though. He might think, why would you want a partner? Well, no, be, I why mean, would you want I think to share? That's the, I think that's the difference that we I, have I think, there. Well, it's, I, I, we're, we're come from, we're cut from very similar cloth in that, yeah, I had a sort of idyllic, uh, you know, childhood in that sense. It was a middle class. I mean, you know, when I, when I, my first three years of life, we literally lived in a mansion in Texas. And then I guess my dad made a lot of bad dealings I've with bad people. Um, and uh, so we moved a lot, but. For the most part, you know, just middle class houses. Never, never knew we had. I don't know how much money we had to this day. I have no idea. I don't know if we did well or bad, but we just we never, you know, it was just normal. Right. And then yeah, he was gone, and then it was my mom was working two different jobs, and she was getting her master's degree in teaching and all this different shit. And I saw her go through over the course of eight years or six years, whatever. I saw her go through several boyfriends. One of them was a con artist. You know what I mean? Saw all that crazy shit. So I just saw all of the relationships that my mom had gone through just falling apart. And then she met, you know, the last guy, uh, my stepdad. And I thought, okay, she she had a second chance. You know what I mean? And I believe in life after love. And uh, <laughs> then to see... <laughs> <laughs> what a weird song to come in. Oh, yeah, but not think so that was I, pulled up. I, during that period of time, towards the end of her life, when she was struggling with cancer, and there's this guy who's got to take care of her, which, by the way, I'm not that good of a person. I would not, I'd be on the George Lopez trip, like, oh, you got cancer? I gotta go fuck other people. I'm sorry. This is just not, like, I'm a, I know that I'm a terrible person. So, like, that's, that's the other side of it. Uh, so I had, like, a lot of respect for this dude for sticking with her and, like, all this, and I thought, yeah, this is a good guy. And then to see him basically just go, fuck all y'all, and take everything that she ever owned and things that was in the will that he was supposed to give us or send us or anything like that, yeah. literally saying, i just not ready to give that up right now. But, you know, I'm not going anywhere. If you ever need anything, give me a call. And talking within six months, never answering another phone call again. So I'm exceedingly jaded where I, I'm, I'm, I'm skeptical as fuck. I'm I'm like atheist about love. You know what I mean? In a sense where I kind of go, you know what I mean? Like, I just don't yeah. trust. I'm like, ah, that's, ah, you know, so if I see two people together, I'm like, you're dead inside. I know what's up. You're dead inside. But you both know that you can't put up with anybody else or they won't put up with you and you're just comfortable. So you're just dealing with it. Even though that's probably not the reality. That's where my brain goes is that everybody's just sort of dead inside that's been in a relationship for over five years. So that's why I can't do it. My longest has been three. So. so then, to kind of bring it all back around, then, uh, in fairness, like so, I said, I'm a terrible person. You so need therapy. <laughs> have you gone? You know someone. I, I got people. I got. But people. I just, I, you know, I mean, I, I have a, I have a friend. Him and his wife have been together for. Uh, they're they're one of those those couples where you just can't crack them. You're just like they're, they're like it's just perfect. Uh -huh. Like there's just nothing wrong with their relationship, and they've been through everything together. Uh -huh. And they they don't hold anything back. They're literally honest. Uh -huh. Not the honest where it's like, well, I'm honest, but I wouldn't tell her I thought that woman was attractive right. or something like that. They're not even, I mean, they're painfully honest with each other. There's nothing they don't right. uh, talk about. Uh, so I kind of use them as my surrogate family and, and my therapists. Uh -huh. But 
Uh, but I just generally just stay out of relationships. I'm, I'm in that point in my life. Um, and I was, this is actually something I wanted to talk to you about earlier. Uh, I'm in that point in my life where I go, I got to fix a lot of shit about me and I can't, it would be, it would be rude of me to bring somebody else in right, right now and yeah, be like, Hey, say, this, this house is falling yeah. apart and, uh, let's, but we're going to squat in it for a little while. Like I, I gotta, you know, I gotta fix that whole house up. And so this fixing Joe thing, uh, it's interesting because you've got the, you know, the wife and the kids and the house and the career. Yeah, it's like, what's and wrong? And I'm like, what are you, what are you trying to fix now, motherfucker? Nothing. It's, yeah. it's, it's I remodeled the bathroom a third I time. I literally house that's for, already fixed. For a while, I've been, you know, saying that. Wow, I'm fixed. I'm like, and talking especially about on the that. medication now, right? With the the new medication that you're on the medication. Yeah, that really helped a lot. That's where it got. Before the medication, there was stuff breaking. I had the wife in the house and the kids, but my wife was ready to, you know, couldn't stand me. I mean, she could stand me, but we were fighting a lot. Right, right. And I was probably being a shitty dad at, at times. That was interesting to hear her. I mean, I, I heard one of the episodes, I think, that I, that I listened to where you, the two of you talk about you getting on medication and kind of the fact that you went to a bunch of different doctors and how one doctor told you on one extreme this way. The other one was like, no, everything that you have is fine. Like, and you're like, well, I don't trust that dude. Like, that doesn't sound legit at all. And then yeah. you ended up on, uh, you know, the medication that you are now, and you kind of feel felt a lot of things fall in place. So it's kind of, I guess, on the whole fixing note too. Like, what is it that when you think about your kids when they get old enough to appreciate the thing? Do you need a different podcast, set of headphones. I have bigger hers. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I was gonna not done. to be rude. I was gonna ask, what time is it right now? Oh no, I think we're just about to. Uh, oh okay, good. Uh, just as a yeah, as a final thought, though, like what's the main thing I guess that you hope that your kids would take away from your from my uh, podcast? From your podcast, as a thing, I try to not like, think about them listening yeah, to whatever. That's scary they're gonna, they're now gonna that I come think out, about it. And it's gonna and you and it's this whole exploration of yourself and your existence kind of thing. So like, what is it that you kind of like if they they listen to that episode and they go and they they visit you? What would you kind of hope that they? Would I guess I hope that they would be like, "Wow, Dad's cool. He's really trying. He's trying to be good for us." You know, if I knew my like, I always think my parents are decent, but I'm like, if they went to like therapy, like I go now, and like maybe tried medication, <laughs> I'm like, they'd be fucking I didn't amazing. Know that there was gonna be a word after and they tried. I was expecting it to just end. and they tried and they tried, <laughs> but you know, my mom. I mean, my therapist made her come in once, made my mom and dad come into my therapy session. And you could just tell in two seconds, like, what the fuck it, are we doing she, here? She was weirded out by that and very defensive, not open. Yeah. All right. Right. You know? Yeah. So, so still, of... when they hear the podcast at times, they're like, can you stop talking about when you were 12? We tried hard. You could talk about shit now if it happens, because we can actually do something about that. But right. we can right. stop going back in time and blaming us. Like they didn't like that, and that's why they were intimidated by therapy. Because when you go to therapy, that's what it's a lot of. Yeah, you know? like what, what happened your, when you were nine? Your parents do. Yeah, yeah. All the things that you could avoid forever. Now you yeah. can't avoid anymore. Yeah, my my dad's basically Tony Soprano. You know what I mean? He like he would never go to therapy. You know, he thinks but the Tony whole thing went. Is, I know, but I mean, he was, it was like that big secret thing. Like he can't talk about it. This kind of thing. You hide your feelings. I do. He doesn't really hide his feelings. Too, but I won't do Go ahead. It. I said, I do him, but I don't. He's not going to. All right. All right. Fine. I just, I just tested cool. you. Well, just give me a situation for your dad and I'll try to be Tony Soprano. I got nothing. My Come dad on. doesn't sound like Tony Soprano. He, he just sounds acts like, like him. Does he ever he, stare he into he an looks, empty 
Pool. He's someone he looks parked in he a looks space. like he looks like Tony Soprano. Does basically. he really? Yeah. Does he, looks... he wear like bowling shirts? <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> Does so. he yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. How like old is he? Oversized uh, polo shirts and shit like that. How old is he? In his, I think he's in his sixties. He won't ever tell me. He just says that he's fifty, silly sixty, or sixty, silly seventy, or whatever. So. You know, uh, as a, as an example, this is like this is what my dad sounds like. This is me doing the podcast with my dad. Uh, hold on, the fucking thing is like giving me the spinning wheel while I'm trying to fast forward. Is it really? Son well, it's because you're recording a podcast right now. You can't. Not on this computer. I'm not. You're not. No, it's on that one. Oh, that's I think weird. it's just bam two computers. Yeah, these things they happen. But um, yeah, it's just he, I, my it. mom went to therapy like shortly after the divorce and she she would talk to him on the phone about it. And mm-hmm. I remember one time she was talking to him on the phone and he was like trying to calm her down. And I remember I went into her bathroom and she was uh, she was on the phone. I was like playing with my hair or something just because I was like fascinated because she had said, like, I think your father and I might be getting back together and then went back to the phone. And I was like, oh, this is fascinating development my sister was away with her friends she was three years older than me i was probably 11 at the time Mm -hmm. and uh then i just heard her kind of yelling and then she passed out and i'd never seen anybody pass out so i was like passed out like just she's like ah fell on the floor and i was like what the fuck happened i'm 11 i don't know what the hell your mom falls down and can't respond you're like what happened i picked up the phone and my dad's like she just passed out i'll talk to you later and that was it and i was like what the and then she got up and she tried to swallow a bottle of pills, this whole thing. So then she went to therapy, but she had to like stay with friends. So I had to stay with, I didn't have any friends. So she, I had to stay with bullies actually. But the point is, um, so during that time, my dad's like, yeah, I'm sure that therapy thing's going to work out great. You know, he was very like sarcastic about it. It was very weird. So right. I feel like he would be very, you know, if I were to take him into one of those sessions, he'd be like, what? Like, terrible. Well, you don't need to take him in, but. Going thing or what is it? Yeah, yeah, they need. That's, that's <laughs> he sounds like a character, <laughs> like a cartoon yeah. character. There it is. Yeah, yeah. Is it an ongoing yeah, thing? Or is it a... That's actually pretty spot on for a first. This, this is my dad talking about income disparity. America, right there. That's, that's one. That's one of the options. But I mean, it's got a real New Orleans vibe. You want to give these people Who's he something? Talking to? You want to give oh, it to them. Jesus whatever God. it is. I don't know what it is. I don't want to get into that. There you go. So that's that's my dad. Hardcore Republican Reagan on a well, mantle uh, kind of trouble. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Joe. So there you go. Uh, what do you? Yeah, let's let's plug some shit. Where can the people find you on the uh, interwebs? Uh, well, my website's JoeMatteries dot com. The M A T R M A T A R E S E. Right. Right. All right. The podcast is fixing Joe with Joe Matteries. You can find that in iTunes. Um, all you have to do is put my name in or put Fixing Joe in, or you can go to JoeMatteries.com and click on the link for the podcast yeah. right there. And uh, Are you doing some shows it. while you're in town, or you just came for Chelsea? I did a show last night. I did Chelsea and uh, and you guys, and that was it. And I'm flying home tomorrow, and I'm working at the Stress Factory in New Brunswick, New Jersey this week, when Thursday to Saturday, for June 14th through the 16th, doing uh, five shows there. So that's what I got going on this week. Cool. Cool. And uh, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, yeah. Good, <laughs> I, hope it was, I hope it was a good time. It was fun, man. All right. We got we got. Thanks for giving me the good headphones for the last minute and a half. My, did you, you know what the problem is? They're just they're me. very they're very quiet. Is my only concern. And I was these I, are yeah. What's wrong with quiet? Apparently yeah, not so much. In compared with the other ones, I just when I put them on, I was testing. Oh, you I was mean like, they're hey, low? Just, yeah, they sound. I don't notice. I think these sound better. 
Okay. Oh, Fuck it. I'll keep using those. Uh, it just in my head, like when I put them on, I was like, these sound really quiet. Like, really? So I had a, uh, I bought a Google. splitter that had separate volume knobs, and then it it lasted two episodes, and it just died on me. So fucking. I'll do. I'll anyway. do. Okay. I'll do Tony Soprano uh, trying your shitty headphones on. Here's the. Here's the. You guys are staring at me. Well, well, I don't know if I can still I'm do looking. it. I'm not looking. Here we go. Do you guys do any? Imp- you have to do, each do an impression. Okay. Right. I'll do, okay. okay. Do you each have one? All right. Oh, I yeah. got an impression. Yeah. yeah. We, we all right. go. I'm good. Yeah. We'll all close on an impression. We'll all we'll talk about our headphones. Okay. Oh, uh, what the fuck? These fucking headphones. They're fucking making my ears bleed. <laughs> You're fucked. Your fucking mom. She fucking passed out. She fucking tipped over. She's gonna do fucking therapy. It's a fucking shame. <laughs> That's it. It's good. Uh, Although I, I gotta say, it sounds like every sound episode it? that he does where he's got a bit of a cold and he's <laughs> especially whiny about everything. Uh, what I'm sick of sleep, you know that whole thing. It's good. Bothering him about. That's what really, I'm thinking. Uh, but it's good. Your face it's very really good. Sells it too. Lower half really. Sells oh, it. I didn't look. I. I, peaked, I was told I to look peaked. away. What you got? The, what what you got, sells Daddy? it? Uh, the lower half of your face. On my face? Yeah, really. Oh, there you go. He gets it, yeah. There you go. The draws there. <laughs> uh, I'll, do, I'll, do, I'll do some Cosby. I'll I was going to say you sounded like Cosby yeah, earlier yeah. for one second. You guys second. do a good Cosby. Uh, uh, you see, the headphones are snug on my ears, and they fit around my afro very comfortably, so that when I make the noises on the riffing, all the kids go wild. <laughs> that, was like, that, sounded, uh, that sounded very fat Albert S. <laughs> well, I was, I'm trying to go for vintage Cosby. That's, that why, that's my forte. I'm trying to go for that post fatherhood kind of Harold. <laughs> I, buck, got, buck. Uh, I, I got, want the cartoony Cosby. That's what I'm tapping into. I got uh, either Gilbert Gottfried or Don Knotts. Is what I'm oh, thinking. Don Knotts. Okay, Don Knotts. Right. Don Knotts as Furley or just Don Knotts? Don Knotts. Mister uh, <laughs> Furley. Uh, is that what was his? That character? was his character on Three's Company. No, you're a Don. Um, are you talking? I don't know. We'll see. Detective, I, I, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Barney Fife mm, was the other. Bar- and now probably let's play bar- Spot the Era of Knotts. Uh, <clears throat> okay, uh, we're talking about headphones. The <laughs> same thing is. If it's too quiet, then you can't hear people properly. But if, if it's a good volume, then you hear it is crystal. It's like somebody's talking <laughs> in your ear, and you're going, hey, this is it's pretty all right. This is all right. I, I like this. You know? and, and the thing is, if I gave you a bad headphone, then that's my fault, and I've got to nip that in the bud. <laughs> Uh, you know that is. yours would be. I used to do a joke about how I can only do impressions for short amounts of time. <laughs> yeah. they, the longer they go, the yeah. impression starts to leave. Yeah. Like I said, if I could be on SNL, if I just had to come in and be like, what, what, what the fuck was happening? And then I, just, <laughs> yeah. then I leave, and I'm like, yeah. was that just Tony Soprano Tony for Soprano. two seconds? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Your That's... Barney fight was dead on <laughs> for about twenty five seconds. Mm. That's well, all I need. That was hilarious. Thank That's you. good. Thank you. That's well, we, we had a nice uh, round. Do you have anything to plug, Teddy? Uh, just you know, hanging out I in the think streets. We're both, I think we both are doing the last uh, Comedy Con Carnage. House of Brews on the twenty first. Uh, Jose Chavez will be there. Yeah, do, Justin Dubois. Do you guys so, ever come to New York, Riffin? Uh, not. I haven't been to New York in a while. No, but I need I'm to get going there soon. in uh, probably for Halloween. Actually, I have for a website launch. Nice. So. I was going to say you guys should come and do my podcast if you're in New York. We'll, we'll have to. Ring me time. up. Yeah. Next time we're in New York. I'll fix you to. guys. We'll do that, yeah. I got yeah, it. Yeah, well. That's going to be a troll. You guys will be hard to fix. No. 
anti-therapy. No. Well, you're not going to fix me over the course guy. of a podcast, no. but I'd, be, I'd still love to do it. I love podcasts. Uh, All right. Uh, thank you guys for uh, listening slash watching. We'll be back again next week with I Don't Know Who. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to Straight Riffin'. You can catch all past and future episodes of Straight Riffin' on the official website, riffin.net, R-I-F-F-I-N.net. Keep in mind, we do air live every Monday night from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Pacific time. That's 10 p.m. to midnight for you East Coasters. You can actually watch that right on Facebook, on our fan page, facebook.com slash straightriffin'. Like us, check out the Ustream page. You can even chat while we're doing the show. That's how we interact with the fans we thank you so much for listening check out riffin.net buy my album buy teddy's album we'll catch you again next time it ripped the fuck on bitches